Mike and Viana got to play some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R H A P B M B. Mike and Viana got to play some games. And I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. Everybody and welcome to the RHAP BNB for week five of Big Brother 22. My name is Mike Bloom here to bid adieu or bay adieu to Big Brother 22's pre-jury phase, but we are here to welcome in and say hello to a panel to talk about a bunch of stuff, Big Brother and beyond. First, let me welcome in the Thelma to my Louise. Liana Boris. Liana, how are you? There could not have been a worse comparison, I feel like, that Julie could have chosen than Thelma and Louise. Like, oh, well, listen, yes. maybe she just didn't watch the last five minutes of the movie and just assumed they lived happily ever after. Oh, wow. And I was just, what a great inspiration. They drive off into the sunset. Nothing else bad happens. Fantastic. Well, we are here to have, I was going to say a happy ending, but I did not want to go full bloom in the first five minutes of this podcast. But maybe it's appropriate given our guest. I'm so happy to welcome officially, we, you've heard her on the Survivor BNB before, and of course, on many RHAP Big Brother podcasts, but this is her BB BNB debut. Jenny Autumn, welcome. How's it going? It's going well. Thank you guys so much for having me. Uh, if you, I don't know if you guys are the uh, Thelma and Louise, if you guys are the Bailey and Davon, I really hope that I'm not the awkward Julie pretending that I'm friends with you, being like, Am I right, ladies? And you guys just not responding. <laughs> uh, we can't hear you. We don't know what yeah, you're saying. Sorry. <laughs> so hopefully that's not going to be the theme of this episode. Um, you know, BB22 has been a rough ride much like 2020 has been um but you two are my you know two of my favorite podcasters and two of my favorite people um so i would never say it's i would never say no to coming on and talking to you guys even if it's not always been the happiest circumstances so far um and you know a little b&b getaway from a, a bit of the the negativity i think is what we all need right now so i'm happy to be here thank you guys so much for having me <laughs> Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, Jenny, we're more than welcome to welcome you to your B&B. We're more than welcome to welcome, welcome, welcome to Illyria. Is that like sure a, Julie a Julie sign up? <laughs> pretty sure Julie Welcome, welcome, kindness. Welcome to kindness. Before we before we get into Big Brother 22, uh, Jenny, since it's your first time on a Big Brother b and I don't think we've heard your Big Brother origin Ooh. story. If we do, I apologize. No, I don't think we. Yeah, it. I don't think we have, actually. Um, I am... A day one, <laughs> ride or oh die. Um, yeah, I watched Big Brother from even uh, season one. Um, when I was, I don't even know how old I would have been, um, like 12 or something like that. I was, I was young, um, and started watching it and watched it every single summer, uh, with, with my, mom, I guess. And then, um, I fell off a little bit, um, in the middle, uh, once I went off to university, just because there were, uh, you know, there were some times where I 
didn't there were parties to go yeah. to <laughs> well the summers that i would go back and and live at my mom's for the summer and work i would follow it but there were um a few seasons near the end where i like didn't have cable and i just like missed it or i would i would have to watch it online after the fact so i wasn't as in the mix as uh i usually was but i've followed every season the season that it is on in some capacity um I, there were some seasons that I, uh, followed the feeds and there were some that I didn't just because I just didn't have the time to give to it. Um, but yeah, I consider myself, uh, you know, a long time fan. I've seen every season and, uh, not, not a ton of rewatching, but, um, yeah. I think I'm trying to figure out by what factor do you know more about Big Brother than David? Like a million, <laughs> 12 million, 15,000 well, million? It's tough because like mathematically, if you multiply anything by zero, it still ends up being zero, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Infin- infinity more than David knows. No, it's, it's weird to say because for all the jokes that people have been making the first you know month of the game of like, oh, David is looking for a hidden immunity idol. This past week, David kind of found a hidden immunity idol. So, like, the prophecy has come true. It's, it's one of those things where it's like if you just throw things out uh, over like you know absolutely anything eventually something will make sense and you know David found himself in the dark and it worked out for him this time. Yeah, David is a uh, one for two in terms of dark challenges providing good fortune on Big yes. Brother. So I guess a pretty good batting average. Uh, I'm trying to think yeah has anybody else competed because we've seen the like dark box challenge in the backyard mm-hmm. like in yeah. 16 yeah. yeah I'm trying to think because he may be the only person to compete in two of them which 50 percent, yeah not so bad well i feel like i think it was used i the one time i really remember i know it's been used in other times but i really remember it in big brother 16 when it was a battle of the mm-hmm. block yeah because christine was trying to throw it with the dog bones but donnie single-handedly won it so maybe nicole and cody have done it multiple times but yeah mm-hmm. I, I can't really think of it um i mean also sort of to piggyback off of jenny's first comment so let me just say, uh, I, I don't think Liana or myself mean for this podcast to, to basically feel as any form of like erasure no. or uh, really turning down a lot of the, for lack of a better term, ugly behavior that occurred this past week. Uh, those are important issues that have been discussed, should keep being discussed. I would say in particular, if you haven't yet, watch like the first 45 minutes of the LFC roundtable mm-hmm. uh, on Tuesday, particularly, you know, with, when Amon came on and spoke with the LFC about the nuances behind everything that happened on Sunday and Monday. I thought it was a fantastic insight, and that's not even to get into the Ian of it all. Um, so again, we, we don't want to necessarily say that those issues don't matter. That being said, uh, I know that in these times, even when the shows that we love are, are not doing the things that we want to and can be outright terrible, uh, there's always a, a salve that you look for, some some sort of ray of sunshine that comes peeking through the clouds. And so we hope to be the ray of sunshine in, in some way, shape or form. So, again, you know, uh, we, we do not mean to offend by not necessarily discussing or acknowledging the issues outright. That being said, I think it's safe to say we'll do a skosh Big Brother 22 talk, but I don't think any of the three of us are really passionate about getting into the quote-unquote fun in games that is linked with this past week. Yeah, and I want to thank you, Mike, for saying that because that is that is actually what I wanted to add as well, is that I don't mean for, you know, to take away from all of the the realness that everyone is experiencing, um, you know, both inside and outside of the house through this season. Um, just more so that there has been a lot of coverage of that. And I don't, you know, there are so many uh, people that have 
the words better than I have to, to say these things. And, um, I think that, you know, it's important for all of us to, um, consume these podcasts. And then also if, if it feels right for you and you need like a little uh, break from it, um, to still be able to, to consume something like this that, uh, tries to, you know, make the best of the situation that we have in front of us. And I think that I, I really look back to, um, the survivor B&B coverage from, uh, Island of the Idols, um, and how that was a particularly tough season to cover. And, you know, I agree with everyone that applauded you guys for, you know, how you handled it, because it's really hard when there's such a dark tone on the, um, you know, there's a heaviness on the season to be able to do a podcast like this. Um, and I just want to say that, like, I really appreciate the way you guys, um, still manage to produce this podcast without it seeming insensitive, if that makes sense. Um, so that, that was perfectly said, Mike. That's really appreciated, Jenny. No, that's, that's, that's the stuff that, you know, I think keeps us up at night a bit as content creators wanting to, it's a tough world out there and wanting to keep as many parties happy as possible. And so so to hear that really does mean the world. It's really hard. So there's, and and there's no way to do it perfectly, but I really think that you guys, um, you know, managed to still keep the spirit of this, uh, this podcast, um, as natural as possible given the circumstances. So, um, I agree with like, there's not so much to say about the season right now that can go along with the spirit of this podcast, but BB is like, it's still what it is. And there's, there's so many, you know, gems to find, um, maybe outside of the content of, of this particular season. So I'm, and I, I love a good game. So <laughs> I'm still very grateful to be here. <laughs> Thankful, thankful, Jenny. We're thankful. Let's retire that word. <laughs> I need, I need to take some sort of pill to erase like some of this vernacular <laughs> forever. Well, no, because apparently that's what everyone did this season with Ride or Die. And now it's untouchable. Oh my so, like, gosh! I think that that really is sort of like the monkey's paw, right? Of like, God, I wish that phrase didn't exist anymore. It's like, great, we're just going to replace it with another word and say that over and over again. It's like, no, 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 I didn't want that. Just say final two. I think that's a, a thing, though, that you know, people just pick up on the words they're hearing around them and you know so no one is using the word ride or die this season so the thing has become untouchables and now everyone's brain is grabbing that word instead and then that is the theme of the season but i i'm sure that no one will be wanting to refer to anyone as an untouchable anymore also uh we should all maybe be untouchable without like <laughs> Like, let's not make this weird. It's a very odd choice of a word to say, like, my untouchable. I mean, I think, you know, of course, when the the, uh, linguistic historians look back on Big Brother and evaluate Mm. exactly what all of this means, maybe they'll find some more nuance to it. But yeah, at the moment, I I think they're good. I think their brains are going to break down once they get to the herd dat portion of Big Brother history. Judy Chop. (laughs) And Judy, I think Caleb Reynolds might just shut down Big Brother history. The Library of Alexandria of Big Brother is just going to burn, self-immolate in response to Caleb Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I think if like if I ever played Big Brother, I would try to come in and like, oh, like, is that your hippity hop? It's like, what does that mean? Like, oh, you know, that person you're going to go to the end with, that you'll hippity hop to the end with, no matter who they are. 
It's like the. Just see if I could get it in there. It's like the um, uh, America's Player challenge of uh, Eric Stein I having do that to. For a yeah, like you're basically just going in being like, I'm going to make this a thing this season, and it has nothing to do. There's no vote about it. I'm just doing this for my own entertainment. I want to see what the how many times it gets mentioned on Twitter by the time I get out of the house. Oh, that would be beautiful. I would love to do something like that. Like just and especially for the diary room, like come or the when I, you know you're voting, come up with all the things you're going to do. Like just try to throw in as many inside jokes or like weird things as possible. Although it would be hilarious when Mike gets evicted because he tried to make hippity hop a thing. <laughs> I think I think my thing would be like that's that's ducky because like I'm a big duck person. You guys can see my little duck yeah. on my on my microphone right now. We got all the ducks in the in the bathroom on this season, and like I feel like that's like an old timey thing that like your grandmother would say that no one is saying anymore. Mm. Like you know what? We're just gonna go out there, win the veto, and everything will be ducky. And I'm just gonna like just keep that going. It's gonna be the most cringeworthy <laughs> thing. And before you know it, everyone's gonna be picking it up, and and ducky is making a comeback. Uh, so is that something that Memphis would say then if he is it's like old timey right, right? Yes. he's grandpa um, so something that was not on any of the episodes but when I was watching feeds yesterday um, Memphis in the morning was walking around you know he's always up early and he was talking about he's like man it'd be really great to just relax and smoke a doobie <laughs> like, grandpa Memphis uh, he sounds just like a narc <laughs> he sounds like trying to blend in like hey kids are you smoking doobies here <laughs> He was trying to play it off too, as like it's not really my thing, man. But you know what? In this house, a good doobie, good doobie, like a good doobie. What does that even mean? <laughs> that's no, you know what? Um, that's what I'm going to call my first alliance if I get in the Big Brother house. Is the good the doobies? Good doobies. <laughs> Honestly, like there's nothing. Nothing screams I don't smoke weed more than calling it a doobie. So yeah, I'm not shocked, Memphis, that it's not usually your thing. <laughs> but he did. Y'all, y'all smoke doobies. Get some honeys. <laughs> I don't know. In 1947, when <laughs> Memphis played Big Brother, I'm sure that was what it oh was. My goodness. But yeah. Oh, it was so why funny. does he act older than he is? Like, I just truly don't understand. He's only a couple years older than me. Why is he like this? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And even with, uh, isn't Enzo older than him? Enzo's too? older than him. But but the, but Enzo has this weird like Peter Pan syndrome where he purposely <laughs> wants to act. Remember, this is the guy who like wanted to be a teenage father. So I think it's just like. <laughs> your aspirations in life like maybe memphis sees himself like he has a child now he's like now i view myself as more mature and so it's like hey guys let's do this yo come on let's go skateboard down by the park <laughs> that is actually spot on <laughs> he's reverse right, well, aging or something like benjamin exactly. button he's gonna benjamin button, button. Yeah. i think i think enzo's gonna win and julie's gonna be like well actually but enzo i just mentally aged you and you're actually 17 right now so we can't <laughs> legally give you the money anymore or his like his final to plea is just Google Gaga. Um, no, please diaper. don't let him do that. For my sake. I'm going to crawl into a cave if it's an adult baby <laughs> final speech. Though, to be honest, with the way these jury speeches go in the modern final twos, like, they might as well be talking gobbledygook. They get and 10, baby talk. they get 10 seconds. You might as well just say that anyway. <laughs> uh, you know what it might be? If I, uh, if I get particularly miffed at production and I make the final two, I'm going to use my final 10 seconds to sing the Beatles catalog and just see what happens. Cause it's live television right i wanted them to you know if i'm gonna be losing out on five hundred thousand dollars i want cbs to be paying as much as they have to for my time in the house and in most cases they you know the jury's made their their mind up might as well have some fun with it and just confuse everyone i hope everyone's ducky with their votes right yeah. now 
<laughs> All right. Well, let, let's uh, dope briefly again on the weekend in Big Brother 22. We can talk about it as, as freely as we want to, though I feel like, again, uh, we are probably not going to veer too much into it just based on everything that happened. But let's talk about the person who left here, our final pre-jury member in Bailey. Liana, preseason, how did you think Bailey was going to do? <sighs> this one hurt. This oh, boy. One hurt. I, I see where this is going. <laughs> so I did have her making the jury, but she was my Rob G. Dot Otis. Now, are you talking like final like three fourth place, third place? Yeah, like uh, like fourth place, I think, was where I had her um, third, third or fourth. Because I what I sort of do with my predictions, I kind of like put them in general order of how I think people are going to do right. so put my winner, my final two, and then kind of like work in the pieces in order. So uh, this. Yeah, this was rough because I had just finished. I was behind on her season of the challenge that she was on and so i just caught up on her season of the challenge and uh not to spoil anything but she does quite well so i was like bailey's got this bailey's gonna do amazing because i said she would win hoh three times wow. and would win a handful of vetoes she made a strong alliance with so it's supposed to be Tyler, but I wrote Taylor, which I think was just sort of premonition <gasps> wow. of the season. Yeah. Which version? Yeah. <laughs> this is T-A-Y-L-E-R. I don't okay. think we've had ta- Taylor yet. <laughs> uh, but Taylor, Day, Christmas, and Enzo. And then I th- said that she would also be a polarizing figure for not wanting to work with the other women in the house. And for her comic book name, I said it would be Swaley, which would be a weird mutant base. Swaley swaggly creation and Twitter is going to hate it. <laughs> so you're talking like some sort of like weird like conjoined twin thing with Swaggy C? Uh, yes, because in the season of the challenge, she had a, a blanket with their pictures oh, on it. Yeah. So it was like somehow, I don't know, I think I got confused about what I was writing a prediction for. So <laughs> I misunderstood the assignment. Yes. <laughs> I'm picturing like when you when you say Swaley, obviously, I'm I'm picturing like big like uh, bird arms and like swaying through the <laughs> through it's flying. Yeah, well, sway <laughs> usually means back and forth, like, not in but a, it's like not gliding, in. just like a. I'm picturing like a Pokemon, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's like it's just it's got like these big like bird arms, but it's just like back and forth. <laughs> Wait, so you're you're envisioning? A Pokemon creature <laughs> themed after Bailey that doesn't actually move anywhere, just stays well, in one direction the entire time. When you're going to catch the Pokemon, if like I'm talking about like Pokemon Go, my fellow Pokemon Go players, you know what I'm talking about. Um, it doesn't really move much on the screen. It usually just like does some sort of thing back and forth, jumps maybe once. Um, and so I'm picturing like a bird-like creature that's just kind of uh swaying side to side with its like arms i don't know well, i have a very strange imagination but the minute like liana you you raised your arm when you said swaley and i was like yes and then and then when you described it i was like oh i'm wrong what generation pokemon was this i must have missed it well yeah, i think it's i think it's off the family tree i think it's swayed to the ground off of the branches honestly i think that 
this might just be some sort of like weird um like fixation in my brain because I now think of all um showman's names as Pokemon because last uh we had the we had the Tangela, which is a literal Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um well I think it's pronounced Tangela, but it's Tangela. There's so I, I'm just thinking whenever I hear a showman's name, I'm like, how would that be a Pokemon? That's what the love <laughs> room should be, the Pokemon room. Actually. Yeah, no, I, right? I, I really like this idea though is that I think you could partner up with like an artist, Jenny, and like give them the name of a Pokemon and like describe it to them and then they could draw it for you and you could like, you could get a career for Generation 9 or 10, whatever is coming up to like add new Pokemon based on Swaley, Jordef, Grenchel, I, you know, Zanky. <laughs> oh gosh. I actually, I actually can see Zanky already. Like, I didn't realize that this was a hidden, uh, talent of mine, but, uh, any artists, you know, if you want to slide into my DMs, maybe we can come up with, uh, Zank- the Pokemon showman's, uh, recreations or something. Zanky sounds like an urban dictionary name for like a tissue that's been up someone's butt. <laughs> you know, like, oh, you go, you get a hanky, you get a Zanky. Like, oh, I don't want a Zanky. It's nasty. <laughs> tissue that's been up someone's butt. <laughs> that is like not where my brain went at all. I was Congratulations. Like, oh. <laughs> it's like an electricity Pokemon. And he's like, nope. <laughs> the butt yep. tissue. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever said that before. But butt tissues. Uh, and suffice it to say, my superhero was not themed after butt tissues, nor swaying. I think my, my superhero name was Bay of Shade. Which is a take on Ray of Sunshine. Oh, uh, it's a, again, it's a long. Like, it's a, what was she? A like a water bay? Like uh, <laughs> no, like uh, like her name, like Bailey and Bay, but yeah. instead of like a Ray of Sunshine, like she's casting light. Maybe she's casting like Shade. Know, shadows. She's sh- yeah, she's she's shading everyone. Mm. Oh yeah, exactly. Like okay. she's throwing a lot of shade. Yeah. Uh, which she definitely did in my exit interview with her, but uh, we can get to that later on. So I said that Bailey. I also said she'd make the jury. Uh, I sort of said that she'd be like the Rob G. Otis and that uh, she would be one of those power players that got taken out in a double eviction. Mm. Uh, and I said that she would acquire a power and actually use it correctly, unlike last time. Uh, and I said she would come up with a secret signal to shout out Swaggy in the DR. And it turned out to be not so secret. <laughs> it turned like, out to be just you. shouting yeah. it out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was, I was wondering if like, uh, I was trying to remember like i think people were doing like hand signals or like pulling on their ear or something but i feel like that has gone the way of the dodo right now people just sort of like say everyone's families and friends names at like 30 miles an hour as they get up on the chair and walk to the door which Mm -hmm. like you can't understand what they're saying half the time because like you know we saw it with danny voting um this week she was still saying words and she was like almost in the hallway already and it's like we can't hear you anymore like what is the point of this if you're going like pick pick one person a week or something or like pick one thing to say the more you trail on as you're running away it's not even getting picked up like they know you don't have to i don't know i just don't know that's definitely the funny part for me because i'm like why just stay there and just give your shout out and net like is there someone there with a prod just being yeah. like get up get up get up you're gonna get shocked if okay, you don't get up run, Mom and and because sometimes they are like look like they're running away and so i think you might be onto something liana like i think that there's a producer i think that allison grodner is sitting in there and she's got like a knife 
And she like Prodner. Allison Prodner. You know, that's her evil sister. Yeah. (laughs) You'll make me bring in Allison Prodner. I can imagine her like dressed up like in a cat woman outfit with a cattle prod. (laughs) That is actually the cattle prod is exactly what I'm picturing as well. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. Yeah, I that's what I'm picturing is that they're just like, oh my god, okay, I've taken my time, I gotta go. Like, don't take me, Allison. Do you like filibuster your way out of the DR? Like, just like go on that long string of dialogue, but like don't shout at anybody. Like, start saying the preamble to the Constitution just to like really throw people off as they're walking to the DR. Wait, but like, what purpose would that serve? Just for chaos. Just to hear, okay, yeah, for chaos. Just to hear like someone yelling a bunch, a very fast stream of words, and you go to Jenny's point. Start from the chair, do it as you go throughout the hallway, and stop only until you're properly seated back on the couch. <laughs> like, all the way back into the living room? Yeah, exactly. Or you, right, can, like, like, you can hide, like, the name of who you're voting for, like, in this stream of, like, of words, yeah. and, like, you just, they have to pick up what you're trying to say. Oh, like, Julie we need, yeah, we just need to, you know, level up Julie here. She needs to work a little bit harder. Let's make her work for trying to figure out what this know, vote I'm fear- is. I'm fearful of leveling up. Julie, she's stuck in kindness mode. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I truly think she's coming unglued. (laughs) I still think my favorite Julie Chen moment, and I know that, you know, the ending lines have been by far my favorite thing this season, but when she messed up the second word into the beginning of that show the one time, when (gasps) it's literally, I know it's not like completely live, like it's taped, and they didn't even bother to like pull it back and just restart. They were like, it's fine, whatever. We don't care. (laughs) Honestly, at this point, the Julie Chen segments of the show feel like a public access television show where they're like, if people are watching, they're fine with us at this point. Yeah, you know what you're getting. (laughs) Essentially, it has the production value of Wayne's World at this point in terms of like professionalism in front of the camera. My theory is that she's just doing some sort of like um like abstract performance art um project throughout the season and it's like she's just making up these little riddles um for her own entertainment and uh like there's gonna be some sort of grand finale at the end where it ends up meaning something or okay well no because they don't hear the the house guests don't hear it i was like could this be a challenge (laughs) i was gonna say if if they if they this is not an amazing race task jenny unfortunately where it's gonna be like oh please fill in the blanks forgive me for trying to find some sense in this because i truly don't get it (laughs) um mike do you have the ability to play a sound clip you do? Okay, oh, wow. so I sent you a sound clip because uh, I I, our first game today is going to be all about Julie Chen because, come on, like, it, it's just, Julie is bringing, I was going to say so much, but really so little. The, the bare minimum. <laughs> the bare minimum. But, like, it's making me so incredibly happy because just, like, between, like, you, you guys are talking about the public access quality to her hosting abilities to, of course, her very own Ron Clark rules, the Julie Chen rules that we're getting that apparently have just are, she's obsessed with kindness. Uh, it just, it really makes me, it really makes me happy. But these types of things are continuing on Twitter. So she tweeted out a video uh, that it's thank thankfulness Friday what? or something like that. That doesn't even have alliteration. But no, it's a Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> it's forgiveness Friday. Forgiveness okay. Friday. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, she continues on to go into uh, uh, some other stuff after, but I pulled the first part of the clip 
uh, for us to listen to. This is some sort of preamble, I suppose, to the game that we're going to end up playing with Julie Chen quotes. Hi, everyone. It is Forgiveness Friday. Is there someone on this day that you want to apologize to and ask for their forgiveness? Or is there someone that maybe you've been holding on to a lot of anger that you want to forgive and move on? (laughs) So So what the hell is she doing? uh, Okay, so she does go into uh, reading some scripture later and talking about like, some some other other religious eve related items um which i didn't want to talk about today but i have the whole like theory of like julie chen is going to start a cult okay mm. i'm like pretty sure she's preparing to start a cult these are her rules she's starting the the forgiveness fridays i don't know i don't know what she's gearing up for but it's uh it's something to watch i have well, a question I- is she the this the way she sounded in that particular clip I'm curious, does she have access to the same drugs that Christmas had during BB-19? Because... I think they need to throw those pills in the trash at that point. They're they're definitely expired because, like, that was... She's like, do you ever want to, like, forgive somebody? (laughs) But, like, you know, you just want to move on. Like, I think that her and Memphis are smoking doobies. Oh, no. They got into the dude stash. That's a good point, though. Liana, when when was this tweeted out? What time of day? Okay, let's see. So this was, yeah, let's see if it was around 420, because I believe that's what that's what you're getting at here, Mike. If it was posted at 422. Or it's, we'll if, or if it's sure. like late afternoon and she's like gone into the Chardonnay at this point, yeah. you know, of like it's Friday. Mm-hmm. My one day of work is over. <laughs> it's been a rough day of um, doing the bare minimum at my job. Well, let's that's see. the thing, though. Like, Leon, I could see your point about her possibly wanting to build a cult at the same time. How in God's name is she, or in Les's name, I suppose, if that's her her deity, is she going to rouse people if she can't public speak, which is very (laughs) evident that she can't. She's going to trip over the first word of any sermon she gives. (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know. It's the same reason that she has uh, had the same job for 22 seasons, despite being a terrible public speaker. (laughs) <laughs> what, do, you, wow. do you like? Do you think like the um the uh, you know uh, may the Lord be with you and also with you of Julie Chen will be like settle down Beavis or like <laughs> but first will be the way she begins all of her sermons. Am I right, ladies? <laughs> Am I right, lady? Do you hear that? Do you hear that? <laughs> That's God cheering for you to get into heaven. That's the man upstairs. We bring it. We brought in a sinner today. He has lost the programming in his ear, but we are here to bring it back to him. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for you know what now i'm all in on chenism i really am oh, uh, before we move on to more fun and games we're going to take a quick break to listen to a word from our sponsors support for this podcast comes from microsoft teams now there are more ways to be a team with microsoft teams bring everyone together in one space with a new virtual room collaborate live drawing sharing and building ideas with everyone on the same page and make sure more of your team is seen and heard with up to 49 people on screen at once. Learn more about all the newest Teams features at Microsoft.com Teams. Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. 
State Farm agents are always ready to help you personalize your insurance plan so you can create a policy that fits your needs. You can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. And you can always call one of the State Farm agents in neighborhoods across the country. Get a great rate without sacrificing great service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And we are back, so let's keep on keeping on. All right, well, Julie Julie Chen has been, uh, you know... Like you said, she's been on the air for so long for some reason, and uh, she's had a lot of really good quotes. And what I didn't realize is that some of her quotes, these proverbs or uh, proverbial phrases or whatever you want to call them, she started them a long time ago. Okay, so she's been dropping these nuggets of wisdom throughout her career. So what I've done is I've pulled Julie Chen quotes and what your job and we'll alternate back and forth between the two of you is to guess if this was a real Julie Chen quote or just a generic proverbial phrase that exists in the world. Okay. Oh my goodness. So, so Mike, we're going to go ahead and start things off with you. Okay. Uh, so here are your quotes. A, anything that can happen will happen. Or B, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Ooh. So I'm trying to think of like if I'm in Julie Chin's head and I'm trying to set up a segment because I'm assuming that's what these quotes are from. Because, again, we only see her one day a week. I'm going to say that she said I'm going to say that she said B. A sounds like the perspective setting up a trap like she accidentally did with Kaser last week. Of That's why America voted you back in. But I, <laughs> I feel like this is a good segue into like the house blows up. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. I'm sorry, Mike. No, that's incorrect. Uh, anything that can happen will happen, which in and of itself is such a stupid phrase. <laughs> oh, really? I know Julie Chen is all about like quantum physics, right? Like she Neil Bohr's is her idol that she really knows about that. Anything can, can happen will happen. <laughs> yeah, her and Ian really just get along on that level of discussing physics. She's, you know, it's like, ah, so the Big Brother house is like the Schrodinger's cat this week. Uh, <laughs> if Tyler is up, does he, do we know if he's up? Anyway, whatever. <laughs> Dude, I took physics a long time ago. Okay, uh, Jenny, let's move on to you. So these are your two quotes. A, slowly but surely. Or B, slow and steady wins the race. Uh, okay. I really thought that first one was going to have more, <laughs> like slowly but surely. And then, and then you pause, and I was like, "This is quite the dramatic pause." Yeah, usually, it's it's the it's the the you know the the predicate, like the, yeah. the, the pre-stated clause. Um, or slow and steady wins the race. Um. Hmm. Thinking about winning races and thinking about Christmas, winning races, being a bit slow, the drugs. Hmm. It's all connecting. I'm yes. seeing it. It all comes together. <laughs> she may have said it the same day that she recorded that <laughs> clip we just heard. Um, I think that Julie said slowly but surely. No, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. That was me forgetting to write the other half of the quote there. <laughs> I 
I found all the Julie Chen quotes and then I was trying to find ones that match them, right? That were right, very right. similar. So slow and steady win the race. Ah, slowly but surely. And then <laughs> you know, slowly yeah. but surely. Well, like, slow and slow and steady, like you could give that as like encouragement to somebody. But if if like you're trying to tell someone to go slowly and carefully, you can't just go slowly but surely. Yeah. Period. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was trying to and like I definitely over like overthought it because I I was thinking like what is the context in which she's saying slow slow but steady wins the race whereas like I could see her saying like you know in one of her little segments before they go back mm. to the like the produced part of the show like slowly but surely like Christmas gathered her I don't know what, I don't know what she's gathering nope, just me um, making a mistake <laughs> so totally it's normal. just that <laughs> okay, we have the well, context in any of these quotes or so, uh, no, not that that would so, really help let's be real no, I don't think so, no, so. <laughs> okay. no, uh, alright Mike uh, your next quotes are A. Ego is going to get the best of everyone or B. Ego trip a journey to nowhere oh no B sounds like a, like an actual like one of those fake Big Brother movies that they put up on the posters for that one competition. <laughs> a has to be the, the the Chen quote. Yeah, yes, that is correct. Yes. I'm sorry you didn't like Ego Trip: A Journey to Nowhere. <laughs> is that I one think... of Cody's movies? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by Candace Kane. Uh, Candace Kane uh... coming next summer. Ego Trip, where Cody goes on like a trip and it goes nowhere because the car breaks down, but instead he falls in love with a homely gas station attendant. <laughs> <laughs> coming to hallmark movies coming soon okay <clears throat> jenny these are your next quotes a you need to prioritize if you can't get to everything or do everything that's okay or b good things happen when you get your priorities straight oh my goodness <laughs> um I'm going to go with the second one. Good things happen when you get your priorities straight. I'm sorry. No, that was what? incorrect. That no. Is, I, I can't imagine her saying that first she, one. Yeah, I've never would have believed she ever would have said A in her life. Put those words together <laughs> with any structure. Uh, for what reason, Mike, would you like to explain? <laughs> I don't know. Because what, of the, can you, you read that quote one more time? The actual yeah. quote that Julie okay. Chen said. You need to prioritize. If you can't get to everything or do everything, that's okay. That's how she feels about hosting the show. She's like, eh, I could prioritize doing <laughs> this correctly, but rather not. Is this some sort of like... Um, direction for a competition. Yeah, I was wondering, like, because I know that sometimes during those live comps, she tries to like fill in the the gaps of time, Jeff Probe style, by being yeah. like, "You can do it." So I guess is she trying to do that of like get organized, make sure you prioritize, so everything's in order. But it sounds so wordy for that. But I also I don't think that she would have like given that sort of help. I just really am baffled by the context of when she would ever say this. Well, I think this one may have been from an interview. Look, mm. Julie Chen didn't oh, give okay. that many quotes, okay? So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that might be the context for this. It might not be in the context of Big Brother. Although she could have been talking about Big Brother because I think some of the issue was it was like in an interview and she was talking about Big Brother. Mm. Um, but anyway, all right, Mike, let's go back to you. You have to own who you are, and part of who you are is your age. That was A. Your quote for B is, gray hair is a sign of wisdom, not age. Ooh, both with very similar messages. Mm -hmm. Age is beauty in a manner of speaking. 
Um, all right. So I'm going to see A is so long winded. And you sort of convinced me through the last question that Julie Chen can ramble a bit. <laughs> so I think this is in her wheelhouse. I'm going to go with A on this one. That is correct. Yes, that was uh, the Julie Chen quote here. Wow. Yep. Um, I can't also, win. <laughs> this is just, I'm sorry, Jenny. You are mathematically eliminated. This is uh, the last question, but story that's of my okay life. Because, <laughs> that's okay because the last two quotes I think are really truly the gems here in this whole uh, quiz. So your first quote, a. Cheese, wine, and friends must be old to be good. Or B, I need to have a cheesesteak. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this had to come right after the Forgiveness Friday tweet, right? Yeah. She I really need a cheesesteak you know, right now. You know, after all of this forgiveness, like, nothing would be better than sharing a cheesesteak together. Just sit around and have a cheesesteak. <laughs> Oh, I can't even imagine Julie eating a cheesesteak. Um, oh boy, Wait, was it cheesesteak or cheesesteak? Cheesesteak. Oh, like I a heard cheesesteak. A Philly no. cheesesteak. <laughs> Give me a polio, man. Anyone got some bagel bites? <laughs> That's what we know. Like, I think Julie Chen would totally crush that if she lived in the Big Brother house, right? When they're like making pizzas in the oven, like, yeah, give me some of that. <laughs> um, can you say the first one again? Wine and cheese, and I just really need to hear that one more time. Yes, wine, cheese, and friends must be old to be good. I need a cheesesteak. Why is she so age based? <laughs> I know. Like the past two quotes are about like, hey, you know, gray is good, and now it's like, if your friends are old, that's great. So I'm thinking about like, you know, now that Liana said sometimes these are interviews. Like, do you think that um, people have? I feel like in interviews, maybe people have discussed like her long career in television, um, and you know how she's like not aged or something like that, mm. or like how her feelings about her aging or something like. Uh, along those lines or how I don't know um, so I'm trying to think of like you know she's trying to like own it being like you know what like I love old cheese old wine like nothing better old than people. being old but also a cheese steak would be nice um, oh wow this is again I'm overthinking it because it's just like I can see her saying the first one um, but the I I need a I want a cheesesteak or whatever it was is just so absurd that it's like that has to be it right but oh god I'm gonna go with A I'm gonna go with A <laughs> no I'm sorry that is incorrect I need a cheesesteak now okay here's the thing I pulled that from like a quotes.com type website so are I we talking know. about the same Julie Chen was, was this from the feeds yeah. leak from Big Brother 21 that day 44 <laughs> stuff that the satellite captured of her getting ready behind the scenes <laughs> I need a cheesesteak in my green room right now <laughs> no. before I can go on okay now this this makes sense though again if we're building out the sect of Chenism it's all about age right like as you get older the more wise you get you come up with some mantras like need a cane don't complain uh <laughs> like lines on your face lines in the bible or something like to really put forward this mentality of like as you get older 
you become more revered in Chenism. <laughs> you can uh, add that to your list of things you're going to push in the Big Brother house, Mike, like right next to Hippity Hop. <laughs> What was it? Nita Kane can't complain. What was yeah. it? <laughs> yep. Are we talking about Candy Kane or? Oh well, no! In that case, no, Cody really shouldn't Christmas. complain. Oh no! Um, no, but I was thinking like I I don't know how to do a tiebreaker for this. I was like, what if we? Because we did a draft, Mike. You know, and. Mm-hmm. and- the first episode trying to think like oh what are the other phrases julie chen is gonna is gonna say we've we've all been off the mark so far (laughs) well we didn't realize how kindness focused they were gonna be like clearly she's in a subset um so like kind words conquer no act of kindness no matter how small is ever wasted kindness is wisdom kind people are the best kind of people sometimes you must be cruel to be kind oh i I remember that part of uh of what was it uh oh what, what movie is that the one with uh, Julia Stiles and Heath oh, Ledger. Is it t- 10 Things I Hate About You? Or- yeah, yeah, 10 Things I Hate About You, because they sing cruel, that's, cruel they sing that to song, be Cruel kind. to Be Kind. Yeah. Like, that's how I remember it. But the thing was with Julie's last rule, like, you could pull all you want to, Liana, from other sources, but Julie seemed to just make up her own rule about kindness and made no sense, even less yeah. sense than if you have to be right or be kind, always choose to be kind, which again, makes no sense. I really think that she's just spent her summer up until this point reading a lot of like, um, like self-help and like motivational books. And she's, you know, she's like, you know what? I can carry this uh, energy into, into my show. And she's just, just, botching quotes that she's taken from this book <laughs> just it's truly fascinating yeah no i definitely believe that i was trying to like put them all together like if this is a puzzle that we're trying to solve because okay if you have to choose between being right and being kind choose kindness yet you are supposed to let kindness be the rule to everything you mm. say so does that mean that being right is never a rule? So like you're never allowed to be right? Oh you always God. have to be kind. This, yeah, and this then, is a logic puzzle. She lives in a red house and she, judgment she at eats, the door. eats vanilla ice cream. Yeah, I don't know. It somehow all fits together, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because it's saying, so if if it's not the rule, then there's no such thing as right or wrong. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly oh my gosh i'm telling you this is all gonna add up to something at some point oh my god also do unto others as you would have them do unto you the golden rule uh, okay yes but but it's not a rule to to be right are you sure it isn't the olden rule i'm pretty sure julie would call it the olden rule Olden rule. oh my god i don't know i, don't know. I need we'll a cheesesteak <laughs> I need a doobie and a cheesesteak to get through this, man. Oh, my God. (laughs) Let's get into our next game here, because this week we saw a tried and true tradition in the Big Brother house come about. Nicole Frangel got, I think, her fourth career costume in the Sloppitard slash Sloppies (laughs) cereal box. I will say, I think the, the eviction episode was actually very well edited in terms of displaying a lot of stuff that happened pertaining to the eviction. I do wish we had gotten a brief segment on the punishments because it feels like it just made it even more weird that Nicole walked into the DR just wearing a cereal box and it has not been acknowledged whatsoever by the show. Like it just sort of writes it off. And yeah, Nicole was always a cereal box. Don't you guys remember? Wasn't uh, it like briefly acknowledged because she like yeah. got her costume, but it was like it, it, bl- it was a blink and you miss it. Kind yeah, of it was a TLDR for sure. It could, so it could be a thing where like if you legitimately miss Wednesday this episode, you could watch it and be like, why is she? Why does Cole look like a cereal box? Yeah. 
happened. <laughs> so suffice it to say, that got me thinking about punishment costumes on Big Brother throughout the years. And in the spirit of the NBA playoffs, which are happening right now, as Jenny mm. and many people are very aware of, I have created a Big Brother punishment costume bracket. So basically, I've taken 16 previous costumes from over the years, matched them up into pairings uh, randomly. And, you know, there's three of us, majority rules, whoever's going to make it through each pairing. There are visual guides for those that might not remember these particular costumes. You can go to bit.ly slash costume bracket. Costume, not costumes, singular costume, costume bracket. They're going to be in order of the way that they are presented, but these should all be costumes. Before we get into it, uh, what did I get wrong here? What did I leave off of the packs? I know the internet has already spoken up against a few. Mike, I'm so disappointed in you. You left off the banana punishment costume. See, here's, here's, the, here's the thing. The banana, in my opinion, like, I like the banana. The banana was a little too simple for me. Like, we'll get into this. I, I do think that costumes as of late have gotten, like, more detailed, whereas the banana mm-hmm. costume was just the banana costume. If he had had, like, I don't know, like maracas hanging from his ears or something like it needs those those little more details in my point of view. I, I think for me, it was like Casey chain smoking in the backyard <laughs> in a banana costume that like yes. really did it for me. Like it didn't have anything necessarily to do with the costume itself. It was the person who donned the costume. I love a good chain smoking banana. I agree that that was um I'm, I'm pretty overlooked. sure Memphis probably thinks like those are the mascots that are used to get kids to smoke doobies or the chain doobies. smoking bananas. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, now I'm back to thinking of Memphis running the dare assembly at school. <laughs> Welcome to the he adults table, not. everybody. Let me teach you about drugs. Stop he should not be teaching. Those bananas. <laughs> You, you you don't want to be a chain smoking banana with your doobies. smoking doobies. Yeah, yeah. We should not uh, let. No, hold on, teach. I got to put on a scarf. It's very cold in this auditorium. <laughs> like you know, kids. Like people are gonna offer you drugs. They might be calling it the bananas. They might be calling it the sloppies. sloppies. Yeah. I've been standing ten minutes. I gotta sit down, kids. My back hurts. Yeah, exactly. Finish I'm without lie me. Down on the floor for, for the rest of the assembly. My back's <laughs> killing me. <laughs> I'm still like genuinely amazed they got him up on the wall in the first place to do the HOH competition this week. Like the wall comp. I mean, it, he clearly wasn't dressed for it. He was wearing his <laughs> bootleg My, uh, Miami Vice Magnum PI Hawaiian shirts so up on the wall. They're his athletic Hawaiian shirts, Mike. <laughs> Jenny, any any major snubs in your opinion from the list we're about to go through? Um, I mean, I I like some of the older school ones because I feel like they've gotten lazy in like the um the recent seasons um and just like repeated some uh versions of the same thing. I liked the um the the Big Brother Eight Bunny costumes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, did, I did take that off because they didn't have white belts to go with it, and that is a fashion faux pas. Mm, uh, true. Jen, Jen Johnson herself made that clear. Yes, very important. Um, I like one of my favorite things about the bunny costumes is that like, 
like it looked like Kale's was just dirty like all the time. Like wh- like Jen's was pure white, and then like Kale's looked like it had been like you know in a in a seventies home that like people had been there was chain smoking bananas <laughs> yeah. there the entire time, and it just had been like you know slightly off white from all of the the chain smoking banana action. <laughs> it was just looked dirty. Uh, I think uh, the other one in here too the frogs i believe mm. are not included yeah. here because nicole was the frog and also i believe it was what it was jess cody and uh whistle nut were the oh, frogs gosh. i believe in the big mm-hmm. i which i don't know i was trying to remember they got to the person who got the punishment had to determine or who got the reward had to determine who it was right it wasn't an america vote i believe that was the case yeah. yes what right. about so, um yeah. oh, now i remember because it was like oh like if you got bit you got a punishment but it was like no, oh, Christmas won the thing, but she the punishment was not on her, it was on other people. Uh, Maybe. How do we feel about um Frank as the carrot? Mm, like I, that, the food ones are kind of boring, but like it, along the lines of Casey in the banana suit, like I'm I thought it was kind of funny because of Frank being like He's kind of a ginger. He's gin- right. like people well, would be like, was, "Oh, the curly red hair. He's carrot top." Like, and there was also the thing where like Frank happened to be in the carrot costume when he was hoh during Dan's funeral. So I think that's like the connotation yes. that people remember the costume by. Yeah, I love that's one of the best things about the punishment costumes. Um, is just like anytime there's like a serious conversation happening, and then like you know, I always think about someone who doesn't watch Big Brother, like walking into the room while this is on, and like seeing like. A tense fight and then like there's someone dressed up as a carrot in the corner or like a giant yeah, or, box that says sloppies yeah, like, or, or like what like, is this or even like in big brother 19 when it when uh josh and mark got in each other's faces and mark was wearing the tutu <laughs> from the bowl arena competition still it's like it's even the people that are involved in conflicts for a moment the costume facade drops yeah it's like <laughs> it's like uh this can't be toxic masculinity look at me i'm in this cute tutu it's like <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, there's right. been some there's been some good ones. But yeah, I think that, I think that what you've got on the bracket here is is still like a good is a good collection. And so I and I also will say I think the one that I personally am dismayed I technically couldn't put on was Sam the Robot from Big mm. Brother 20, but that's not a costume. Like if I transformed <laughs> you into a weasel, I wouldn't say, hey, nice weasel costume you've got on. You physically change form. That doesn't mean a costume to me. And she wasn't inside of it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was it was another thing moving around. And she was, you know, like the the ears and eyes behind it. But it's not like she was wearing it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. exactly. So again, uh, bit.ly slash costume bracket if you want to review Let's go into our first matchup here, and we're getting a little risque mm. for the first one. This is the pixel punishment costume from Big Brother 18. If you might not remember, I believe it was like for finishing last in an HOH competition back when this was still teams. Uh, Team Frank, which I can't remember. Maybe they were category four. I can't remember. They were definitely not Big Sister, but I remember that much. Uh, Weren't they like the Freakazoids? No, that was Glenn's team. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yes. But it was it was Bridget, Frank, Big Meech Meech and Polly. Polly. Uh, So they they had to walk around with like Minecraft pixels. (laughs) Like they had to walk around sort of quote unquote naked with flesh colored pixels on their naughty bits. Uh, and this is up against 
from Big Brother 15, the Clownitard. That season's unitard that Candace got bequeathed with, in which she had to wear a clown outfit complete with a tutu, a two-toned costume, some pom-poms down the chest, a rainbow wig, and a red nose. And I do believe she was evicted in the clown atard as well, had insult to injury. Jenny, <sighs> who, who are you picking in this matchup here? Um, I feel... <sighs> I feel like Candace suffered so much that like the the this particular um costume is just like it it wasn't even fun or interesting like it was just like it it's a clown suit but not really a clown suit and it's like sort of in this like weird 70s um spirit like it I feel like it had oh, like Kale's bunny costume. Yeah, exactly from from the the 70s home. Um it, like I feel like I remember it had like uh like wide legs like a um, I don't know. I feel like it was like a flared leg type situation. Mm, like a bell bottom. Yes, a bell bottom. Exactly. I don't know why that word escaped from me. Probably because I'm filling it with new words like ducky. Um, <laughs> I, I, I like group ones. Um, because it's kind of I don't know. It's kind of fun when there's a bunch of people in it together. I don't love when they're like trying to be like. Ooh, we're this is sexy. Um and I think that it's kind of sucks that like the the punishment costume forces um people to like wear less than they might wish to. At least like some of the unitard things are like they're fully covered. So right. I I didn't particularly love that this the pixel one forced people to, you know, be shirtless if they didn't particularly want to um or you know be like wearing some sort of skimpy bikini underneath because they're obviously not completely naked um but i just think that in terms of creativity the pixel was more creative than the clown so um as much as i don't love it for some reasons i think i'm gonna give this one to the pixel for creativity I think I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you here. I like the fact that it reminds me of The Sims. I love mm-hmm. The Sims. Um, so so yeah. So I, I I like that element to it. I do remember Big Meech not being happy about having to wear this particular costume, but it is definitely unique, and I will give it props for that. Prop props. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to the Pixels as well. It feels a little weird. You think this would pop up during like Big Brother 20 when technology was a thing? I don't even know why. For some reason, the punishment was yeah. you have to like the Casey's uh, pinwheel unitar will not be on here, but that had a, a similar technology theming, right? For like Mac users, they know about the pinwheel of death. It almost feels like you should swap places with these two punishments because I guess outside of that one endurance where the trolls got to poke them and beat them <laughs> up after they got out, I can't really think of any other like computer themed competitions that would necessitate the the pixels. Yeah, because sometimes they had to do with the competition or like the theme of the season in some ways. And then there were just some that are just truly random. Like they just like, uh, you know, went into the costume bin and were like, oh, we have like this weird thing here. Let's just throw them in this. Like, you know, the the props guy took the week off and and didn't have something prepared. Um, I do like when it has a point. (laughs) I am so confused here because i'm reading on the big brother 18 page like how this came up and it says as a punishment for landing in quote-unquote mystery land category four had to wear pixelated costumes for the entire week what the fuck does that mean (laughs) 
Was it, it like a Minecraft um, competition or something? Like, what is Mystery Land? Where did this go? One. This was week one, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, because remember, there were like the different. Um, so each of the teams like got eliminated, right? Because because oh, uh, that's how it ended rode, up they, with because they rode Glenn. the rocket. Yes. Un, uh, I mean, really, uh, <laughs> dirtiness unintended here. But they all rode. All sixteen people rode the rocket. <laughs> For different lengths of time. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and I'm reading up here that I remember they had to land. They, if they Depending on how long they stayed. So the team that was eliminated first landed in Notberg and were have-nots for the week. Mm. The second team went to Mystery Land. The third team went to Cash City and got given $10,000 to split. And the last team went to Safeville. <laughs> really this creative names. So <laughs> stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder this all got collectively wiped from our memories. Who did they get to come up with these city names? I assume Julie. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I can't get over Notberg. That's the dumbest one. Notberg. Notberg. (laughs) There have not. And then Julie's like, Notburger. Oh, that sounds good right now. That or or a cheesesteak. It feels like if if you're like, well... Like, hey, dude, can you loan me some money? Well, you better buy property in Notburg because that's where you're living. I'm not giving you anything, man. <laughs> what a burn, Mike. You got him. You oh, got boy, him. Got I feel him. like that's something Enzo would say. Yo, I'm going to find you down in Notburg, yo. Yeah, it does feel like Cash City would be like a, a Dwight Squall track name, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. He and owns that, the that's Cash what City, we talking yo. about, yo. Cash City, yo. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to our, our second matchup here and see whether or not who's going to end up in Notburg and who's moving on to be in Saintville. <laughs> Uh, so we spoke about Casey on Big Brother 22. This is her other big punishment, the health nut itard, which is her dressed up as a peanut with the big barbells. And she had to do a, a, a theme song that Mr. Spectacular would tell her to do versus from the season before the extreme itard, which Jason, a.k.a. Whistlenut wore. And I believe he also got a prompt where the person over the loudspeaker had to say, like, are you feeling extreme? And he always had to say, like, I'm so extreme. So, Liana, who do you have in this extremely tantalating matchup? Okay, I'm trying to to look it up right now. Uh, yes, okay, so this is a tough one for me because I love the name of the health nut atard as just a name in and of itself. I also love punishment costumes that involve song. I appreciate that very much. However, I think I'm ultimately going to have to give it to Jason here with the uh, extreme atard because this is so fucking stupid. <laughs> Like, the, the fact that he's got this big X on his head that then spells Tream. Yeah, he has Treme like, printed. Yes. For David Simon fans, you have Treme, Jason's repping Treme on his body. It's a rejected yeah. alliance name from BB20. Yeah. Falte, Treme. The, the helmet was apparently super, super heavy, which is also just dumb. And it reminds me of the Mountain Dew flavor Extreme, which was a Mountain Dew flavor, which is hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my vote to Extreme. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to do the same because I totally agree. This thing is garish. We totally did not even talk about the massive fringe that is coming from Jason's arms. Like he's some sort of like evil Knievel crossbred with a bunch of highlighters and created this like this is ugly and so 
doofy in so many ways. Also, are those upside down crosses printed on Chase's arms? What kind of messaging is Big Brother trying to to put forward here? This is it's the cult, Chen, the Chendam, yes, yeah. or whatever we called it, Chenism. But yeah, this is gonna. Chenism. This is it for me. Plus, I don't want to play Samantha semantics, but a peanut is not a nut. It's a legume, so it's technically not a health nut. It's a health a legume. legume. Big brother, look at a dictionary, consult with a farmer. Thank you. Jenny, any thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, as much as I was not a huge whistle nut fan, I was not a whistle health nut, um, but... I think that this one is just so ridiculous. I love the colors of it. Uh, it reminds me of like 90s wrestlers. Like it's mm. very like Macho Man Randy Savage or like Ultimate Warrior to me. The bright neon colors. Um, I love like there's a picture of him wearing just the helmet in the shower, which is just so ridiculous <laughs> to me. Um, so just for the pure stupidity, I do like the ones where like it's more than just a unitard and like it's constricting their body movement a little bit. Like that's fun to me. So I'll give the peanut that um, because it's more of like a, it makes her a big lumpy uh, legume. But it's it's all about this stupid ass ex treme um with the helmet <laughs> it's it's so great the these tassels. are both good I, I like i do like both of these especially because of all the things that casey had to do although her spinning wheel of death punishment was also pretty fun yeah i did um, like particularly the portion where like she what she couldn't she had to stay in the room that she was in mm-hmm. until it stopped spinning yes. yep. <laughs> all right well let's move on here matchup number three we're going back to big brother 13 with the humilitard this was worn by Jordan Lloyd. It is a green unitard with a pink tutu that has I'm with stupid printed on it in the same font as vote for Pedro. And uh, it's, like, it's not a dunce cap. It's one of those beanies with the propellers that just says dunce on it uh, versus the Patriotard from Big Brother 18. Liana has chronicled many times the canon of Zingbot. This is when he was running for office and in losing the competition. Corey had to wear uh, an American flag unitard with uh, an Uncle Sam hat. And then on two hands, both of his hands were covered with an eagle on one and like a Zingbot stand on the other. Jenny, who are you stumping for between these two? I mean, being that uh, obnoxiously patriotic is almost akin to a humilitard. It's that is almost just just as humiliating. But um, I I just feel again lacking creativity um, with the patriot patriotic unitard or the patriotard. Is that yeah? Is patriotard that is a word? I guess. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like the humilitard is. Very stupid. <laughs> it literally says, "I'm yeah. with stupid." Um, and like, the, there's some of these punishment co- costumes that you really get the sense that once they found out who was going to have the punishment, they again go into the tickle trunk, um, which is only a <laughs> reference that I think maybe Canadians will get. It was referenced on Drag Race Canada, okay. actually. So that, but that's the only reason why I know that, Jenny. Okay. Well, they went into the BB tickle trunk. 
Trunk, which is I was not say, what Tickle you Trunk think. sounds like the th- we, you know after Cody's gas station film next year. <laughs> yeah. Tickle Trunk's going to be the next one. Up. <laughs> I think that that might actually sound more like a film that Polly and Cara Maria are going to no, make. No. <laughs> Where's your five hundred dollars when you need it? It's going yes. to Sundance. It's through Polly's OnlyFans. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> but it, this one truly looks like they were like, oh Jordan, like okay, what's something we can do with Jordan? Like oh she's a dumb blonde. Like she always says these stupid things and they truly just went into the the basket and pulled out like a couple of things and did like the the glue on uh the iron on lettering it's so cheap looking um very like unimaginative but i like the little spinny hat so i'm still gonna choose it (laughs) yeah i i I think like the fact that it's jordan in this costume just like really makes it which i uh, yeah, it, it's it solidifies it. Now, the thing I will say about the Corey costume, the Patriotard, is what we you know we're talking about. Like, oh, people getting into fights with costumes. I yes. believe <laughs> this is when Cor- yeah, this is when Paul and Nicole were were getting yep. into a fight, and Corey walks in and goes like, "My Patriotard week is up," and just starts stripping. <laughs> he's middle. stripping. He's like, "Woo!" And they're like yelling at each other, and he's like, gr- like trying to like grind, like "Woo!" I'm out of my costume. And they're just like so mad at each other. Um, but I, I think the problem is, is that this one gets overshadowed by Polly baking pies yes. and like crying mm. into the pies as he's baking them. And he's like waving the flag. Or he's crying about his girlfriend or his ex-girlfriend or, or a whatever. butterfly. Or, yeah. Oh, that's so, so unfortunately I feel like that was overshadowed. So I, I'm going to go with the humilitard here as well. Uh, damn. I, I was putting in, I was, Stumping for the Patriot Tart. I think I love the um, uh, obtrusiveness of it because I think the interesting thing is that Corey. Because we'll get to another one that doesn't that has like hand props, but I love the fact that they covered Corey's hands, <laughs> yes. so he like couldn't do anything. <laughs> it's, it's almost like he had he was like Edward Forty hands, where he like couldn't <laughs> get to like finish out the week before he could go to the bathroom or something. Uh, plus, it did lead to a fantastic moment where you know Victor. Proving why he was AFP for season 18 did that whole skit with him as the eagle, as the landlord that owed James money, which is like actually pretty damn funny. I think people should just look up the uh, Patriot Tard based clips online if you want some levity this week. That was a good week of that, of a, a, a you know. Whatever season, depending on how you feel about it. Um, I watched last night while I was waiting for drama to go down in the Big Brother house. Uh, I watched the compilation of Jose delusion moments, <laughs> which is truly a thing of beauty. So, also, if you want some levity, I would say check that out as well. Which is Big impressive Brother. to have like a compilation when you were in the house for a week. <laughs> and that's yeah. literally what the video is called, too, which is amazing. Big Brother 18, you know, it's going to be a long time before they get to it on the blockumentary, but it's one of those seasons that I feel like is going to be interesting on a rewatch one way or the other where like there is a lot of weird crap that goes <laughs> on and there was an obviously a very controversial outcome but especially with the seasons that followed afterwards probably sans big brother 20 i think you could look back at it a lot more favorably than it, you did at the time absolutely yeah. like i it's we definitely are at a place in big brother history where, where you're like you know what wasn't so bad and we're looking back on some of these seasons that we shit on at the time and we're like you know what should have appreciated what we had because yeah. it gets worse <laughs> all right next matchup here we've got an appearance for Two appearances, actually, from Big Brother 22 contestants. First up is Enzo with his penguin costume. 
versus one of Nicole's costumes, her first appearance here on the bracket, and certainly not the last, the super safety character costume that she received as part of America's care package in the aforementioned Big Brother 18. Liana, which all-star gets your push here? I mean, this has got to be the penguin for me. I'm not going to lie. This is a pretty easy decision of all of Nicole's costumes. I think this one was stupid, not in like a fun way. Whereas Enzo, there's nothing. Look, Enzo is hilarious. Enzo in a penguin costume even more hilarious so how do you not go with enzo now i know obviously that's the thinking about him and not the costume i think the fact though that the penguin is completely shapeless it ends at the knee he's got some weird yellow socks on for some reason it doesn't go all the way down and cover his hands so he doesn't have complete flippers and it's got a bow tie like what all of that just make it so much better it's so good. Um, and, and sometimes the simple ones are the best if if the right person is in it. And I just feel like that is the case with the penguin where he just like ever almost every picture you can find of, of Enzo in the penguin suit. He looks unhappy. Um, and it's just like such a cute little like penguin costume. And then you just have like this, uh, you know, pissed off uh, dude with a stern look on his face. And you can just imagine him walking around being like, I'm a penguin, yo. Like, I'm a penguin this week. What am I supposed to do about it, yo? Like, I'm, I'm on an iceberg. You gotta come get me, yo. So I, <laughs> I just like, I, I feel like it's gotta be this one for me. Yeah, this is gonna be a shutout. Uh, well, I do feel like the super safety costume, I think, is one of Nicole's more obnoxious costumes that it's, it's the bright orange and yellow that I think really draws the eye. And also the fact that she had to wear a traffic cone on her head, uh, the entire week definitely deserves some note, but, like you said, I do think the models can certainly make or break a costume. I love the fact that to Liana's point, it's basically like a tunic and that it really cuts off at the knees. Like it's it's so awkwardly shaped to his body. What it really gets me into the penguin costume are the large, lifeless eyes on the penguin. Liana, you cover the mass singer. It's always a weird confu- confusion as like, which eyes do I look into when I'm talking <laughs> to this character? What's the real mouth on the person versus the costume? And I feel a similar thing here with like, do I look Enzo in the eyes or do I look the penguin in the eyes? How do I let him know how loyal I am to him? <laughs> I love that his knees are exposed to like, he's got like the yellow knee socks, but like you said, it's a tunic and it's like bringing me back to like my Catholic high school days where it's like they had to make sure that the, the tunic went low enough that it wasn't too risque. We weren't, you know, they weren't yeah, ready for principal the Memphis coming around. <laughs> exactly. being like, <laughs> so it's, it's a like, very, keep the Lord out it's a very proper penguin but just a little bit of knee for some some you know intrigue well i think in this picture he's wearing shorts underneath so you can see the shorts exposed (laughs) like at the bottom it looks so budget it oh my god it looks horrible i love it so great well let's move on here two more all-stars are matched up here first if Enzo was known for the Penguin costume to the point that it was put in his intro uh, on, on on BB22, even more so well-known is Ian in the dog costume versus Nicole's Germitard, which got made into a recurring superhero character. Never forget, she was part of the Revengers in BB19. Jenny, who are you picking here between the dog and the Germitard? I love Ian. I love Ian so much. He was so adorable in that dog costume. 
Um, I'm thinking back to so many scenes where, again, you know, serious conversations are happening and he's sitting in the dog uh, costume. It's it's definitely one of the, the punishments that I think about. But I the germitard is so iconic to me. The little wiener on a stick that she holds is incredible. I live the city I live in um, has the second largest uh, Oktoberfest celebration in the world besides Germany. Um, what? Yes. Look wow. at that. Yeah. So so German culture is like very alive and well. Oktoberfest is a huge thing in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario. And so it, I feel like I I would it would be wrong of me to not pick the Germitard. I it's my personal favorite of Nicole's punish, many punishment costumes. Um and I have to, you know, if it's the one I like of hers the most, I feel like I have to pick it. I feel like maybe the dog is still going to win, but for me it's the germitard. So, uh, you know, I'm looking through some of these other punishments and, you know, the the clownitard makes sense. We're going to make somebody look like a clown. The humilitard makes sense. We're going to make somebody look, you know, oh, I'm with stupid. The patriotard sort of makes sense because at least it was related to the challenge that week. Safety one also who what germitard <laughs> who is like you know what culture we need to put into a yeah. unitard that's right yes we have this hot dog on a stick a brat on a stick let's go with that a stein and make nicole carry it around like this is when we're talking about oh the the costume guy just like wasn't prepared for the week and just found a random costume and went with it that is the germitard for me because i mean correct me if i'm wrong like was it a particular challenge like competition i think that that it was like a beer stein um like i i want to say that it might have actually been um like an oktoberfest themed yeah so it was it was um it was a kicking the soccer ball it was similar to actually this week it was the yankee swap uh and the only similar theming was that zach won a german vacation and nicole got the german card Okay, right. So, okay, Travago called them up and was like, look, I got a, a vacation for you to Germany. What should the punishment in relation to that be? Okay, that makes sense. <sighs> the, it's the little the little sausage on, on the yeah, little that's stick is like, just yeah. everything. Well, listen, as someone who has experienced apparently the second most prolific Oktoberfest in the world, is that a thing? <laughs> it, it, or This seems more campfire to me. This seems more like when Alex Al had to make the wieners. Uh, during Big Brother 19, they're like, oh, when I think German, I think a small fork with a with a, a wiener on it. I will say that, um, so I haven't really attended um, much of the October festivities um, here since I moved here about five years ago, but um, people take it very seriously and they buy the, um, I forget the name of the outfit, Lederhosen. but it's Lederhosen. pretty, yeah, the Um There's there's like a woman version of it that has a different name, I think. Anyway, I don't know. Um, Lady but it's <laughs> Lady Hosen, yes, exactly. It's very true to um, like like what you see at these uh, celebrations. So um, I felt like it's one of the ones where they put more effort into it. Um, and I'm really envisioning this like wiener on a stick is maybe what Alison Grodner has in the diary room to poke people with when they're taking too long to, to vote. Repurposed it, repurposed it. Um, yeah. Well, so all of this discussion aside, though, I think I still have to go with Ian's, especially because 
because of the punishment that went along with it with him like out in the backyard and the doghouse and all of that stuff uh and you know the confessionals that came along with it with boogie with ian and frank so i'm gonna go with ian here yeah listen i'm a i'm a i'm a dog person uh i'm gonna go with Ian here and it's also i mean again if you're talking about like the 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 model or because Ian was sort of like the house pet at this point, right? Like the way people were regarding him was a little bit like, okay, we'll let Ian in. He's part of the family, even though like he's not really like we're we think we treat him with love, but really he doesn't really understand stuff like the rest that we do. And in this case, it's a season where the dog ends up winning. I guess the pets rule over all in this household. Uh, so I'm going to give it to to Ian here, and I'm a little. I think it's, yeah, the right choice. I just had to stump for the germitard a bit. So unfortunately, we will say nine to the germitard <laughs> as it gets eliminated here. Oh, boy. Next matchup. So we have one from this past season, Janelle's first and only costume, I suppose, in Big Brother history, the all-star mascot costume she had to wear in week one versus a favorite of Liana's when she often cites Cody Calafiore's dinosaur costume that he had to wear for two weeks straight in Big Brother 16. Liana, I can imagine which one you're going with here. Uh, I do love the dinosaur so much. It's so dumb. And like now looking at the picture, Mike, that you've pulled, it's like it looks the dinosaur looks like it smoked a doobie. Like its eyes like half closed. <laughs> its teeth are like folded up and folded down. Um, I think the fact that he had to wear it for two weeks also just like adds it for me. I think Janelle is obviously iconic and her in a star costume is very fitting. I like the fact that the star costume lights up. I like that she wore it with her Louboutins. I think all of that is lovely. But I there's just, uh, you know, something about the dinosaur costume really does it for me. I I feel very much the same. Uh, again, some of the basic um, animal ones, you know, can be really funny um, just based on who's in it. Um, I felt like Cody was a really good sport in the dinosaur. You're absolutely right about the doobie eyes. Um I liked the, it had like a giant head and it had the little like talons. I don't know. Do <laughs> I'm assuming they do, do. dinosaurs have talons? Do the dinosaurs have large talons? Um, <laughs> so it's like a Napoleon sorry. Dynamite reference this episode. <laughs> <laughs> who, who knew? <laughs> who knew? Um, but. The the star one again. I, I I have been talking about this throughout. That I love the ones that restrict movement. Um, and that star like looked so annoying. Like Janelle was knocking things over in it. Um, the way that she I love that it had lights. She paired it had the hat. Paired it with the Louboutins. Um, so I think I'm gonna go with uh, you know, it's the only time we ever will get to see Janelle in a costume. So I'm gonna go with the All Star. Oh, this is tough because uh, I think that what I, I like a lot of stuff about Janelle's costume. I like the fact that because it's the, the top point of the star, it's it has it looks like a wizard's hat essentially that she has to wear, sort of a take on the, the safety super safety cone. I love the fact that there is a face on it that looks very dead and almost looks like an emoji uh, icon. Like it's very clear that was screen printed on. But God, I love how grody that dinosaur looks. It does look really like, gross. Like if you're looking at the picture, like half its teeth are turned up, snaggletooth style. All of its spikes <laughs> on its back are like flopping in the wind. As you talked about the half-closed eye, and even like the talons, quote unquote, 
It's just Cody like making a fist and putting the fabric over it. It doesn't even it's not even conducive <laughs> to doing that. And God, I really appreciate that. Also for the fact that because it's such a janky costume, it made it even funnier that because of the rewind week, mm-hmm. Cody had to get specifically back in this costume. Like if it was the German chart for another week, I think we make nothing of it, but it's like, okay, Cody, get back into this dirty potato <laughs> sack of a dinosaur costume and live this out for another seven days. That makes it hit even more for me. So I, I think the dinosaur is not going to go extinct this round. I think that's very fair. It truly does look like it was at the bottom of the tickle trunk and was like, they didn't even bother to steam it for him. Like they just pulled it out three seconds before he got into the diary room and it smelled like a basement, the BB basement possibly. (laughs) All right, let's move on here. And we are going to the Alpha and the Omega, the, the first and most recent costumes that we've had, starting with, the infamous red unitard that has been seen in Big Brother 8, 9, and 10, and the Sloppitard, a.k.a. the Sloppies box that Nicole has been wearing the past week. Liana, where do you fall on this? Old school versus new school. I know. This is such such a classic matchup, especially given the conversations this season. I, I I am a huge fan of the Sloppies box. It is so dumb for so many different reasons because she can like retract herself into her big box. Like a turtle. It, like a turtle. <laughs> it doesn't fit right. Why the Sloppies? Like, that's, is, is that so a Matt gross. Klein's reference? It's a stupid name. They've been calling her Sloppies. Like, instead of calling her Nicole, it'll be like, so did you, uh, you know, did you go outside today, Sloppy? Like, that to me is also hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. It literally says on the box, they're gross, <laughs> which is someone was so proud of coming up with that. Uh, it's just and, and I know that's like recency bias. Like, I'm sure, that's a reason why I love it as well. Now, all of that being said, the red unitard, it's it's classic. You know, it like it's something it was the very first punishment costume. You have Michelle Costas because she, doesn't she win H.O.H. or something? No, yeah, they, in, because they, in it? Well, no, yeah, because they do the Yankee swap that previous week. And that's how she gets the Unitad. I got the I got the chippy and I got the freaking Unitad. Uh, and then she ends up winning H.O.H. That's for, I think that was when Jesse got evicted. She yep, ends up winning H.O.H. Exactly. in that. And I have this like very like vivid memory of her in the red unitard, like screaming into the mirror slash camera when she's like got the key, um, which is absolutely fabulous. So this one, this one is a super, super tough matchup because it's almost like my new fling with my old love. Mm. <laughs> I think I think ultimately here I'm going to have to go just for the, the classicness of it all. I think I have to go with the red unitard, but it's a close one for me. I'm going to put in a vote for sloppies here because I do agree. like. I think this entire game, we have Jen Johnson to thank because she Mm -hmm. got the red unitard and she fell in love with it. She was the one to really like she used it to accessorize. She turned it into a dress like she made a million gallons of lemonade out of one red lemon that was given to her. And so really, she has this whole we have this these trends to thank her for that. She really is the godmother in that perspective. But God, the Sloppy's box has so many questionable decisions. It's it's so fantastic. Like, why is the text made like it's in Microsoft Word on Sloppy's? Why are there <laughs> nutrition facts on the box back? What do they say? Why is there a blonde wig, wig? attached <laughs> to the costume? 
Is it? it it's like she can't even put her own hair out of it if she yeah, wanted for a second, to. I'm like, oh wow, I guess that's Nicole's hair. But no, for some reason there's like a Motley Crue style wig sewn to the costume that I think they ended up braiding after a while with mm-hmm. with ringlets. Yeah. Like this costume truly stands out, and I think is the microcosm of how ridiculous these things can get. And so I really do love the red unitard, and this might be an upset from my perspective, but I, I will personally vote for Sloppies and leave it up to Jenny. I don't like making decisions, <laughs> and I don't appreciate the position I've been put into at this time because I feel much like Liana in that, like, you know, this is the new hotness, um, and it's it's really hard because this, again, embodies... Everything I love about the punishment, the sloppies, where it's like, look how big it is. Like, she becomes like four times wider as a human because of this box. I love that, like, her arms go out of it and like she can have her, like, she can sort of do things with her arms, but she's got these secondary arms coming out of it, like this weird sort of like orange octopus. The blonde wig looks so so shitty it came from party city for sure and they just kind of like you know glued it in it's it doesn't look even it needs like a haircut um it's just so trash looking and i love trash um but the the red unitard is so iconic like it just feels wrong to vote it out in the first round and as much as I, I really just don't like this matchup because I think that um, I, I'm I'm seeing that none of Nicole's are going forward, which is kind of funny because she's the one that um, has had the most punishments in her time. And uh, but I got to go with the iconic red unitard. I hope that someday they'll maybe just bring it back. You'd think that maybe this would be the season. It's like an all star season that they're like, you know what? We're bringing back a classic, just the red unitard. I don't think it necessarily plays as well anymore just because they've gotten more and more yeah, ridiculous exactly. as the seasons have gone yeah. on. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I think I, I, it would just feel wrong to have the red unitard um, and all of the moments we got from the, the three seasons that it was used um, yeah, eliminated in the first round. So I'm going to give it to the red unitard. Right, so Legacy pushes it through to the second round. Final matchup here on the first round, we have the BB Explorer costume, a.k.a. Tommy's rocket costume. He is flying at the speed and the smell of sound from Big Brother 21 versus the Wax Street Boys, the punishment that Jason Roy, Johnny Mac, and Liz Nolan, I'm pretty sure, because I think it was just Liz at that point, and not Julia, <laughs> received in BB17. Um, I'll start here. This is another tough one i think tommy really made this uh with his energy and just like the punishment this has to be by far the stupidest punishment coming from a costume (laughs) like as much as we bash on jason's extreme stuff the fact that tommy had to flash lights and spray stink bombs around the house is so (laughs) incredibly stupid i want to just put it in my pocket and kiss it but the Wax Street Boys were so entertaining. I think the three of them really sold it. I love the disparity in outfits, like Johnny Mac having to wear the tank top with the fedora and Liz with the Enzo-esque sideways turned cap. Like, I love the all-white ensemble there. And I'm a kid of the 90s, so I'm going to put in a vote here 
for the Wax Street Boys. Jenny, what about you? Um, so I actually call the Tommy, uh, <laughs> the Tommy punishment, the rocket cock. <laughs> because <laughs> the red that hat is, yeah, that hat be looking like a penis head. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but, <laughs> um, I agree with what Mike said. It was so obnoxious. Tommy was already someone that like was sometimes just too much and a little <laughs> annoying. Um, and the fact that like they had him doing the most like, just disruptive <laughs> in in every single way um you know actions along with the costume itself really did make it um a memorable one and and truly one of the worst ones and you could like he had a lot of fun he really embraced it i do love I want one or the two. Like, I want someone who really, really embraces it and has fun with it, or I want the person that is absolutely miserable in like, it. Like the Enzo and with the it just exactly. Um, and the chain smoking banana. Um, with Casey. Like, anytime someone is just like, it's the the right person to be in it. Um, and I feel like that was really the case here. But the Wax Street Boys encompasses another one of my favorite things about um how bb does these punishments where it's like they're always using like some sort of cultural reference that is just like so outdated yeah she's like have you guys uh ever heard of the backstreet boy like th- those boy bands are really hot right now in like 2014 or 15 or whatever year that was um what is time anymore truly but uh so I I also love when there's like a creative thing that they have to do with it besides just wear it. Um, obviously, you know, Tommy had to, had to do all of his running around and stink bombs and light and sound. Um, but I really love that they had to like do the choreography and the singing. And uh, I also am a child of the nineties. So um, I'm actually going to give it to the Wax Street Boys as well. Mm-hmm. So I I think because of the absurdity of it all, of Tommy's really incredibly stupid punishment costume, I would ultimately give it to him. But this is a really tough matchup. And I I agree. I'm happy that the Wax Street Boys is moving forward. But just the fact that Tommy ran around, I'm coming at you from the speed of smell. And then he would like spray the smelly stuff. And I I totally forgot after I came up with this when Tommy and Christy... We had poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> I also love when there's a punishment that is a, a punishment for the rest of the house as yeah, well. Like, they have to deal with like it. that. Yeah, that's great. When when they're being woken up by the person having the punishment, that's perfect. Um, so that's a good thing about the. Uh, There's also something weird about the proportions on his costume. Like, I understand they're trying to make it a rocket, but, like, that means that the little part where the rocket flares out at the bottom is, like, lower than where, like, a normal skirt would be. So it looks like he's got these protrusions just, like, coming out of his lower abdomen, which are the rocket, like, (laughs) flare things. Oh, this whole thing is so bad. It's so ugly. I love it. Uh, And I just love the hat. Like, this this and the Extreme Attard have the best headgears, which means the worst headgears. All right. Round two, and we could go through these a little more rapid fire since now we know the costumes. The Pixels versus the Extrematard. I personally am voting for the Extrematard here, Liana. Yeah, it's an easy one for me. Uh, you know, I like the Pixels, but I'm not a huge fan of them, so I've got to go Extrematard here. It's a sweep. I also got to give it to the Extrematard. Right, extreme uh. sweep. Put on some clothes, Polly. This isn't OnlyFans. <laughs> the Pixels are <laughs> donezo. Jenny, the Humilitard versus the Penguin. 
but you've got the worst Batman villains ever. <laughs> um, the, it's the penguin for me. <laughs> I gotta go with the penguin on this one. Um, the humilitard was kind of, it was like slightly edged out to the patriotard for me, but the penguin was a strong choice for me. So I, it just, it makes sense for me. Yeah, this one this one is tough because it's also about the people who are in the costume. Right. Um, but but I ultimately, especially going through our thorough evaluation of the penguin costume, the the tunic of it all, I think I'm gonna go with the penguin here as well. Yeah, let's let's make another unanimous vote here. It seems like the top half, I think, is is a bit less contentious than the bottom half here. We're gonna, mm-hmm. gonna get to an interesting one here. Animal showdown, dog <laughs> versus dinosaur, Liana. I lo- I do love the dinosaur costume. I love the fact that he had to be in it for two weeks, but there's so much more, I think, that comes out of Ian in the dog costume that we've already highlighted that it edges out the dog. Apparently, the dinosaurs did go extinct. Gotta give it to the Ian dog punishment. What do you think, Jenny? I agree. I I will choose the dog. Um, I, you know, just like Liana said, the the fact that it had a lot more of an interactive uh, component. Yeah, I, I totally to forgot it. about the doghouse before you mentioned it, Liana. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, and it's just one of the ones that always pops into my head when I think about the punishments. Um, and whereas sometimes I forget about the dinosaur. So I think for me that it it has to be the All dog. Right, dog, you are no, you are top dog, or at least edging to be so and beating the dinosaur here final matchup of round two the red unitard versus the wax street boys and i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna go with the wax street boys here as classic as the red unitard is to jenny's point there's something about the performative aspect of it that really makes me happy even when it's done at the most inconvenient times so i'm the musical lover in me is gonna have the the wax street boys taking it but liana what do you think I'm looking at the bracket and I got to be honest here, guys. I think whoever wins this matchup is going to lose to the dog. Like not to spoil Mm. what my next round is going to be. I just feel like the dog costume is so iconic, even though, you know, we're talking about the red unitard, which is the first uh, of, of its kind. I I could go either way. I mean, I wasn't, you know, the Wax Street Boys wasn't one that I picked. So I think I'm going to go with the red unitard here. But again, like I said, I think dog is going to ultimately win uh, the next matchup. I really was hoping that, Mike, you were going to go to me next because I wanted to force Liana to make the decision because I am absolutely crippled by decisions. Ah. Um, and here I am again. Um, I, But I do think I agree with um, Liana in that I, I think that we're setting up something to, to lose later. So, you know, as much as I'm feeling like the red unitard is the original it's iconic um it's just what what the punishment costume has become is just so much more than this is um and so it's just i almost feel like i needed to give it its due by making sure it it you know went through mm-hmm. but i don't i don't know if i want it to win just because it's the original um i don't feel like that's the exercise we're really looking for here so uh people are maybe gonna be unhappy about this but i think i will give it to the the wax street boys on well, i mean one. right now i think uh, we could just do the semifinals mashup uh matchup we'll just vote the dog through over the wax street boys right <laughs> But I think so, yeah. Wax Streets, whack. All right. <laughs> the last song for the Wax Street Boys as the dog yeah. advances to the finals. But who will the dog be up against? 
Here's our other semifinals matchup. The Extrematard versus Penguin. Jenny, I'll let you go first, so I'm not going to make you any more crippled by decision-making this this game. Thank God. Oh, this has been stressful. I need to get on a, a banana suit and go chain smoke outside. Um, uh, I got to go with the Penguin. I don't know what you guys are going to do. I think the Extrematard is great. It is so ridiculous. Um, but... I I I love the penguins so much. This is tough. This mm-hmm. is really this is really really tough. I think because also like I have a particular affinity for the extremitard because I think that it's so dumb. Yeah, and like the fact that Whistlenut was the one to wear it, just like freaking a man. The crosses, the ch- the Chen Chen Chenism crosses, and the the, <laughs> the evil Knievel, like just a whole nonsense of it all. Uh, but to, you know, to especially have Enzo back, like in the house, being his bizarre self just adds. Uh, it adds like my love for the penguin costume. Oh, crap. All right, Mike, you're going to have to break the tie. I'm I'm going extreme retard here. Good play, Liana. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. And too. I'm going to go extreme retard as well. Look, oh, yeah. we, we wow. worship dumb here on the B&B. Yes. We genuflect to that altar. And this has to be without a doubt, the dumbest punishment costume in Brick Brother history. Now, that being said, with it up, up, being up against the dog, we can certainly, you know, litigate that. I think there is a case to be made there. But, I mean, the it's sort of like, you know, the reason why I, I discarded the banana in the first place is, like, I love the fit or lack thereof on the penguin. I love the person inside the penguin costume. But I feel like the extreme attard has so much more stuff going on each of which provides a, a decision tree as to why exactly a choice was made to produce that, <laughs> that aesthetic choice that it just that can you could have a whole seminar about that you could have a powerpoint presentation about the penguin and so for its infinitely more fascinating value over memorability i went with the extreme attard and it also it's a bit of old school new school here now right because now we have yes. the dog versus the extreme attard and I agree with this decision, and I, I want to say that I had a feeling that between the two of you, the extreme attard was going to go oh, forward yeah, let's, anyway. Let's put this straight. Like, but, I would love to uh, make a sort of like a costume, uh, you know, display case and put the extreme attard in it at the <laughs> B&B because this feels right up our alley. <laughs> Yes, and, and it makes sense. And I actually, <laughs> I know this sounds very backwards, but I actually do think that this, it is it should win against the penguin here because based on the rest of the bracket, because I don't think that I want the final uh, decision to be between the penguin and the dog too similar there. You know what I mean? It's, it seems like an, like a layup for the dog in that situation where I think that this gives us the most interesting final matchup of the extreme tired versus the dog. So it was all part of my master plan. Such a Machiavellian (laughs) Jenny. Yeah, well, Jenny, you, just, you said your logic was backwards. I'm sorry, you mean whackwards. Uh, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's let's, let's talk this over. This is this is it. This is how we're going to determine the winner of this bracket: the extremitard versus the dog. I will admit, for me at least, I think the dog is gonna have its day here because I do think, like, I think the costumes almost cancel each other out. Where you turn to like the other activities affiliated with it. And as funny as it was to have Jason do like the I'm extreme thing between the doghouse, between Ian having to eat his food out of a dish. Like there was so much (laughs) commitment to the dog bit and that like, it really earns a lot of love in my opinion. And it does also feel like probably the most 
memorable costume at least like makes the Mount Rushmore, right? When you think about costumes and over the course of BB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, like, okay, look, there's a lot of different criteria that you can grade these different costumes based on. And if I'm picking the Mount Rushmore for the B&B, it's the Extrematard, the Rocket, Sloppies, probably. probably. The Dinosaur, maybe. Uh, the dinosaur, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what what is literally the, the most absurd of all the costumes. Um, it's just a it's a still of Corey doing a strip tease while Nicole <laughs> and Polly are fighting like that. You know, that's what it is. But if I in true faith of Big Brother, I think I also have to agree with the dog costume in looking through all of these because it's one that people continue to reference. You know, now it's it's old school Big Brother, I guess, and people still talk about it. The commitment, everything that went on with it, Ian sleeping outside, like there's just so much going uh, in the dog's favor. So I'm going with the dog here. It's yeah, it's got to be the dog. I love that. It's like cheap, but like without actually being like an actual cheap costume like it was so well executed like it's it's like a vest like an ill-fitting vest on top of like a brown t-shirt but i love that he has like the little um name tag with that says ian Mm -hmm. on it it's just the little floppy ears it's so adorable with baby-faced ian um and and like we've already outlined the you know extra levels of the punishment with the the bowl and the doghouse um yeah, I think the dog being the winner, it feels very Don't good. Don't about Mike Boogie holding a leash as well. Exactly. Which has a very different context in 2020. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. So congratulations to Ian and the dog. You have officially been deemed the greatest costume in Big Brother history so far. But I say well fought by all competitors. Everyone was truly flying at the, at the speed of smell over the course of this bracket. <laughs> I'm sure that some of these costumes are uh, flying at the speed of smell because they are uh, just stanking up the tickle trunk. Uh, just <laughs> oh, who came up with the rocket punishment? Like, were they smoking with Julie before they came up with it? Well, I'm, like, I'm oh, trying to remember. So I think good. this was. I think that was the week when they did the rocket veto, right? Because that's when Jackson did the alien abduction, and that's when mm-hmm. Jack got harassed by Big Dick Johnson in the alien costume. <laughs> Yep. Yes. <laughs> so funny. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, you know, this has been a long one, but I've got one last thing for us to talk about. Maybe speaking of smells. Uh, so we are going to play a really quick game of a game we like to play here on the BNB. The price is Raven? Oh, oh, I, think what, yeah, I think that's what we came up with. Is yeah. that what we came up with? Okay, because we play the part <laughs> Prices Rourke over on the Survivor B&B. This is obviously a play off of the Price is Right, where we pick an icon of the game to name this version after. So the Price is Raven. Uh, this was an idea floated to us by the great John John. And so we're going to play this game for one item, and that is bidets. So <laughs> if you want to follow along, you can go to bit.ly slash bidet battle, all lowercase bidet battle. <laughs> we are about to have a bidet battle here today. All right. Uh, I'm pumped. <laughs> so oh my goodness. Now, I'm pumped like water. If Enzo ends up spraying it all over the bathroom because it couldn't turn the because sp- it's it spooked him. Uh, 
There's no need for the butt tissue as Mike yeah, no was needed. discussing what? earlier. No zankies needed. We got bidets for days. <laughs> no zankies needed. What a sentence I never thought I would say. All right. So, so like I said, if you want to follow along, you can go to bit.ly slash bidet battle. Uh, and I actually have called this bonus bidet battle because I really wanted to go for the BBB and B alliteration. All right. So we're going to go ahead and start things off with Jenny here. So, Jenny, the rules are, of course, the closest without going over. So the very first bidet that you're going to have to guess the price of is called In My Bathroom. But, buddy, fresh water bidet toilet attachment, and in parentheses, easy to install, self-cleaning, and non-electric. I I think they really, I would be honest, I know it's weird uh, sentence structure. I feel like they had to put in my butt bathroom there for legality reasons, because how much you want to bet it it just called itself butt buddy and a certain class of clientele ordered it by the droves only to find out it was a bidet. (laughs) <laughs> you misspoke you said instead of in my bathroom in, in my, my butt, butt. <laughs> yeah i heard that too. in my butt no uh no i did not misspeak it is not called in my butt in my butt <laughs> can we talk about the um i'm looking at the attachment um and it has its so we've got the in my bathroom logo which is uh a tub, I mm-hmm. think, with some bubbles in it. Um, but the Butt Buddy logo itself is just... It's a butt. It's a butt with two dots above uh, the... Like, it's like... It's, am I seeing wait, this right? There's you guys like, not, do, you guys yeah, yeah. Have, do you guys not have two dots above your butt? It's it's like your butt dimples. I actually have I have two freckles um like on my lower back. Uh-oh. Um and so I think this is actually my butt. <laughs> you are the model. You're the model for in my bathroom butt buddy. In my butt. Surprise. Also colloquially known as in my butt. Yep. In my butt. Oh boy. Okay, so I am guessing the price of this yes. uh fine product. That is correct. Um I will I will be honest. I've never shopped for a bidet before. Mm-hmm. Um it's been top of mind lately. Um I hear great things. <laughs> I so I have no idea what they go for. I feel like these sort of attachments though as opposed to like the full uh toilet situation are maybe a little bit cheaper. I'm going to go but I still feel like they're like they're Seen as kind of bougie, right? Like, I don't know. I just, maybe it's just because it's not necessarily like very, very common in North America. At least I don't think it is. Um, so I, I feel like my perception of it is that it's like a bougier thing, but I think I'm going to say that this is. $126. What? <laughs> okay. So Jenny, I have no idea what I'm doing. 126 dollars, <laughs> uh, Mike. You had a clearly you had feelings about so, this. Did you this, like is, to this, share? this is like a piece of plastic that you attach to the toilet seat. Like I definitely think it's under 126 dollars uh, because I'm trying to think about like the method of installation because it looks like it almost looks like one of those like. Uh, overhead sprinklers you see in office buildings of like you just put that in your toilet seat so i don't think it's really directionally aimed uh clearly this is not going for quality necessarily and more so like hey you want your butt wet well this will take care of it somewhat for you 
I'm going to go <laughs> with I'm going to go with $50 for in my bathroom butt buddy. You want your butt wet, Mike? <laughs> Uh, because you were closer yes unfortunately you were both over though uh the butt buddy only goes for 44.95 for one easy payment can be yours i'm gonna have to cop that it's in my that's in my uh price range i think you could get something with the company of like listen you used my my ip in the form of my butt for your symbol please ship me a free butt buddy (laughs) <laughs> it's not ip it's ip <laughs> quite possibly the worst thing i've ever said on a podcast pull the clip everyone pull the clip, pull the clip. that's amazing end it right there okay so so i have to wait, and, like i sorry and mike saying in my butt or whatever you said so yeah that's getting clipped yeah, too I, I on the other hand was a man whore in my butt in my in butt, my butt. Um, I like I said, I had no idea what these go for. So this, I feel a lot more equipped, like one might equip uh, a butt buddy to their toilet, um, to answer the rest of these because you could have told me that was like eight hundred dollars, and I would have been like, sure. cool. Like I truly don't know. Uh, <laughs> it would be terrible on the real prices right yeah. uh, I'm also thinking for um for in my butt uh the uh um like you know, in bed, right? For the fortune cookies, like blah, blah, yeah. blah, in bed, like blah, 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 in my butt. I don't know. Maybe, does that make sense? No. I think so. We'll see. There's we'll something see there. Sure. sure. All right. Let's move on to the next one. So Mike, you're going to be giving the price for this one first. So we are looking at the genie bidet, uh, elongated. Oh boy. I don't know what that means. It says color elongated. How is that a color? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but this is the seat self-cleaning dual nozzles rear and feminine cleaning no wiring required simple 20 to 45 minute installation or less hybrid t with on off included also it includes a travel bidet oh see that's an interesting point because i feel like essentially if you're getting two bidets for the price in one that's going to change the price point I am a little weirded out that this is the name of it, considering it is just a literal description of it. I think the company may have messed up. And so that Mm -hmm. also makes me wonder how on the up and up is this company if they made that the name of their product. You know, this feels like a bit more of a difficult installation than the butt buddy. It seems like you're hooking it up to like the water source as well as hooking it up to the to the actual seat itself. Plus, it does cover multiple holes as it indicated there. So I guess its stream is a bit more directional. I am going to go with, you know what? It wouldn't be in the, of the B and B if I didn't say $69 for the genie bidet. I guess it's called the genie bidet because the elongation looks like a hookah kind of. Oh my God. <laughs> like, a, you know, like coming into like a, like smoking some hookah. <laughs> smoking, you know with the kids you mean, they like, smoke their it's a hose? <laughs> yeah like, exactly the hose the elongation yeah okay mike <laughs> <laughs> well i have a question what the fuck is hybrid tea <laughs> i have no idea but like, on, yeah, well, like, don't worry it's not a completely gas powered bidet it's a hybrid <laughs> this is coal powered we phased out the coal powered ones yeah, it's run entirely on ethanol yeah thanks epa <laughs> <laughs> i truly feel like they're just throwing in like confusing um buzzwords with this because uh i don't know what hybrid t is but it's on and off you can turn the hybrid t on and off apparently um okay 
this is clearly more expensive than the last one. Um, I will go with I still I think it's more than $69. I think it's going to be well, let's go with the year I was born, $86. Good year, good All year. All right. So, solid logic, Jenny, because yes, you are closer. This retails for $108.99. Wow. Wow, I almost said 126 again. <laughs> just stick with um, that just number. No. What did <laughs> Julie Chen say? If at first you don't succeed, <laughs> slow and slowly. Slow and slowly. In my butt. Slow, slow and <laughs> in my butt. I need a cheesesteak. <laughs> or maybe after the cheesesteak, she'll need a bidet. Okay, so. <laughs> Uh, I think Jenny is technically winning because you both went over on the first one. Uh, but we got we got another bidet. Wait, to do talk I don't about. get a point for go for for getting closer going over without going over. So so nobody mm. gets a point. That's what happens on the prizes, right? They say let's nix this question and move on to the next one. No one gets a point. Yeah, because if you go over in the um in the showcase showdown, don't neither of them win. See. I don't know. That's a weird way. That's a weird Well, neither of you win. Stay your pets. <laughs> we'll save the prizes for next week. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe this will be a prize one day that you can win the freshwater non-electric adjustable angle bidet toilet attachment. This thing scares hmm. me. So that that's got some rain water pressure on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I I unfortunately to those of you listening to the audio only, uh, I I picked this because of the picture. So again, you can check this out at bit.ly slash bidet battle because there is a picture of a toilet with the attachment on it, but water is aggressively shooting out uh from the fresh water non-electric to the point where I'm pretty sure if you sat on it, like water would come spraying out of your mouth. That's how powerful powerful this thing is it goes all the <laughs> like, way up and out i know it's- i'm picturing like a whale with its like little blow hole thing just erupting i don't know that's a terrible well, no i mean I, like no, no i like I, I can see it and i know that this is a still image so we have no sense of speed <laughs> or smell from this but it just looks like I'm it's like the water the just shoots the smell <laughs> Oh, I want a Brocco bidet personally. <laughs> I don't think that this is like, you know, the kind of area that you really want like the air pressure to be shooting yeah, wanna, that aggressively. Super soaker up my butt. <laughs> yeah. And it's also I feel like, you know, one wrong move and this is spraying toilet uh water yeah. all over the Zankies. <laughs> I think it cleans out the Zankies. <laughs> oh boy. Right, so okay, Jenny, am I guessing? Yeah, so so Jenny, this is to you. This looks cheaper to me mm. like than the last one. Um but wow, does it have power? <laughs> um <laughs> adjustable angle, that's good because like, you know, you got you have to be able to adjust it to your size, your size and your like angles <laughs> your uh yes your you know your dimensions no <laughs> yeah please enter your dimensions so we can angle the, the spout i honestly feel like this uh pressure is going to send you to another dimension because it, it looks super strong <laughs> um i think that this one looks like 
it's between the two that we've we've uh looked at already. So um I'll go for the sixty-nine this time. Oh, <laughs> sixty-nine dollars. Right. Sixty-nine. All right, Mike, what do you got? So I want to cut Jenny off here and on choke her off on one way or the other here. So violent sounds price is right rules. They get brawly. Uh he's gonna cut me off and then choke me. <laughs> God. Oh boy, taking taking, yeah, taking advice from uh other problematic people in BB Pass. Uh but oh, yeah, so I so boy. I think it's a toilet attachment. So I agree that I don't think it's the hundred and eight dollars that the last one is because it doesn't require as much installation. It seems to be really separate from the toilet. But the fact that it, it's an adjustable angle means it's not the fire sprinkler that the butt buddy was. So I feel like it has to be <laughs> over that as well. The question is by how much I am going to I'm going to cut Jenny off at the over and I'm going to go with $70. $70. OK, so um, again, no winner here uh, because you both were over on the prize. No. This one is selling for now you can buy multiple. All right. So we're just going to go for the price if you buy one. And it is only $23.99. That is a steal. Wow. It is a steal. Yes. And you can buy- If it didn't look so violent, yeah, you, I would get myself $23 for less than like a hardcover book. You can buy a bidet <laughs> that will demolish your butthole. Yes. Thank you, Mike Bloom. Yes. Uh, if you want to buy four or more, so get a couple for your friends, they're only $21.59. So save a couple of bucks. Wait, there. what? So if you buy four more, you get $21? What? Yeah, four or I, more. They're $21.59. I assume that maybe you can put them in multiple toilets in your That's home. True. But I love the idea of like, you know, like bidets for your friends as like secret Santa gifts or like, you know, stocking I, I I personally wanted a day pyramid scheme where it's like, oh, it'll cost this much if you're able to pawn these off onto your friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's MLM. the MLM. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, that that's what Nicole is gonna have to pedal after yeah. this because she's lost all of her sponsorships. So she's gonna be she's gonna be joining the uh bidet. I'm here to MLM. tell you about butt body. <laughs> butt body. <laughs> oh my gosh guys Jeez, oh mother freakers alright <laughs> the last bidet we have to talk about is the bio bidet bliss electric bidet seat for elongated toilets in white okay so I guess the elongation refers to toilets I'm, I wasn't sure that like toilets had like a big and tall variety where you could get like super tall toilet seats is that a thing well, I've definitely it's a seen, good idea. Although, you know what? I've seen like the toilet seats that are really small and round. You know the ones I'm talking about? Like some of them are really small. No, <laughs> like, I, don't I don't know, know. Liana. Do you know gnomes or hobbits? Like, where are you seeing these? <laughs> well, they have those. They have those like um the like the squatty potty where it like elevates your legs. Right. Um, but also there are some toilets that are just a little bit taller. But like, what is elongated? It just it, it's going to come out more from the base, like for like a big like if you got a badonk or something i i don't understand what the point of the elongated okay let's see toilet types types of toilets <laughs> where oh, are we right ooh, now types of toilets <laughs> oh no oh no oh no 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 no
the types of toilets are like um there, there's nothing really to illuminate like one's a square toilet uh, they do have elongated toilets on here but the toilet types were one piece toilet two piece toilet up flush toilet compact toilet and it just reminded me of julie chen doing her dr seuss of just like redfish <laughs> bluefish like one fish two fish Red toilet, blue toilet, oh one piece, gosh. two piece toilet. All right, so we have no idea what an elongated toilet is, but perhaps it's used with a one to- piece toilet or a two piece toilet or whatever. Okay, I feel like that could be dangerous though because it's like if you don't have the coverage on on this uh, particular seat, aren't you asking for again like water ending up all over the place? Maybe like, that's the problem. It wasn't Enzo leaping up? It was that they got an elongated toilet seat for a regular one. Yeah, and he had a gap maybe there that just didn't <laughs> cover. <laughs> okay, I don't so know. they have elongated toilets and round bowl toilets. Ah. Now, round bowl, to- round bowl toilets, aside from its cute shape, okay. apparently. <laughs> someone's really, uh, some, I think someone's editorializing in their, in their writing. Yeah. It is advisable that you only choose this type of toilet when necessary because of the difference of its length. So the elongated toilet seat is believed the shape that fits your butt the best. So Interesting. All right. Well, I've learned so, so from much that today. perspective, I guess is the 1% buying the elongated toilets. You know, like the rest of us jamokes can only afford the round seats. So from that perspective, if this is a classy type of thing, this mark might mark the price up because I guess I'm determining the price here. So this is electric and it comes with a remote. Apparently, I feel like that has to knock it up a couple notches, right? In terms of in mm-hmm. terms of the price point, um, because it's not manual. It's not even something operated by a dial. If the second one, which involves just a, a bit of installation and, you know, this doesn't include the travel bidet or the hybrid T or the dual nozzles. But this does include, I think, something a bit more high tech. I am going to go with a cool, refreshing $125, just below Jenny's initial guess of $126 for the Bliss Electric Bidet. All right, Jenny, what do you got? <clears throat> I, I think it's more expensive. Oh. Um, so this looks by far the most high tech of the. Uh, the <laughs> bidets we've seen so far, uh, like Mike said, it's got a remote. I feel like anytime there's a remote involved, there's more going on. This is fancy um, with the little LED screen on it and everything. It's not even like a basic remote. Um, I feel like I feel like this bidet speaks for itself. Like it doesn't even have like, you know, it doesn't even say much, but it looks impressive. Um, and I I think that we might be onto something that the 1% is going for this. Um, so I'm going to be strategic. Um, I don't want to go over either. So I will go with my original guess of 126. But I think that it is actually much oh, more choking. expensive you're than 126. Me, Stop choking and cutting yeah, me. Well, you tried, to ch- you tried to choke me first, so I'm choking <laughs> back. <laughs> All right. So I'm 126 final answer. Okay. So Jenny, you're locking in 126. So yes, you are correct. You are closer to the price of this bidet. This bidet retails at 
$699. I was going to guess 400, but I got scared. My my favorite part of this is you can finance this bidet for six (laughs) months, paying $117 a month for six months. If you are so inclined. You better hope you're like pooping 117 times a month because then it practically pays for itself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This was by far, this was incredibly expensive. Uh, If you'd like to purchase it, I believe you can get it from Home Depot. <laughs> My goodness. Wow, we learned so much about toilets today. I feel I feel much more educated. Yeah, we really did. I, I went from knowing nothing about how they're priced to feeling like I'm actually like if there were, you know, more rounds of this, I feel like I, I might more have rounds it, or more but... elongations. <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone is interested, check out flushguide.com, which is what I'm reading right now. <laughs> Flush Guide, the official guide. sponsor of the B&B. <laughs> That's right. They do have accessories, which includes a squatty potty and toilet seats. And I feel like Mike Bloom actually wrote this because it's the bottom part where it says, which types of toilets are good for you? Oh, I took my question uh, if I ever go out on set for Survivor again. Yeah, but it says a myriad of factors. Oh, that's one of my favorite words. <laughs> Honestly, guys, I feel like, you know, this is the B, B, B and B. And we've barely talked about Big Brother at this point. At this point, the B, B is actually butt buddy. And and this is where we've landed, right on this elongated toilet seat. seat. Let's see how wet we get. Uh, Oh my! As we we finish things off here, we usually, uh, as of late, try to draw some eyes to a cause or a series of causes or charities and to stuff going on outside the Big Brother house. Jenny, as the guest of honor, I'll I'll throw it to you for a second. Is there any particular charity that that you would want to plug this particular week? Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many things. Um, you know, I encourage anyone to, to Google any sort of like Black Lives Matter, uh, organization in your area. There is one in Canada, um, out of Toronto. Um, but I, I figured it would be good for me to also just talk about something that is relevant for me. Um, so I would like to, um, Get, get a shout out for IAPMD.org, which is the International Association for Premenstrual D- Disorders. I suffer from PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, and it's, it's basically a hormonal disorder, but it's also like mental health. September is, um, is, uh, suicide prevention month and they're doing, uh, you know, a, a, drive for support um, for suicide prevention for PMDD. This is a uh, condition that it took me way longer than it needed to to diagnose. I, it took a lot of self-advocacy um, because there's just not a lot of awareness around it. And so I think that there are a lot of people that are like suffering and not knowing what they're suffering from. So I'm all about um, awareness about this particular condition because there's a lot uh, that needs to be learned about it. And there's no real uh, solution to it. And because it takes so much to, um, you know, find a treatment path that works for you, the sooner that you can get yourself diagnosed, the better. And so that's why more awareness is important. Um, and just finding resources. That's mostly what the, um, the, the organization is about. Um, it actually was originally, I don't know if, um, you know, fellow reality TV people might remember uh, Gia Alamond from the Bachelor fr- um, franchise. Um, she was on Bachelor 
in Paradise, I think the first um, season, she um, she actually committed suicide and suffered from PMDD. And this this foundation actually used to be in her name. Um, it was re- recently rebranded uh, as the International Association for Premenstrual Dis- Disorders. Um, so it's very near and dear to my heart. And uh, yeah, if you I, if you even just want to check it out and learn a little bit about this particular condition, um, yeah, it's it's very uh, important to me personally yeah i mean what is that website again uh it's iapmd.org i mean i will admit personally uh, i was not aware of pmdd until i became friends with you and thank you for being able to you know speak up about it and destigmatize it as well because like you said with it being so linked to mental health as much as we have come into the know about a lot of things that have come to light i think in more of an acceptance of mental health and health being linked i think something like pmdd is still something that maybe if they don't have someone who's afflicted with the condition in their in their respective circles they might not necessarily know about it so i I think it's it's good for people to be able to check it out and you can make donations obviously to to help uh you know support i think it says out this website we're creating a world where people with premenstrual disorders can not only survive but thrive and i couldn't think of a better cause to donate to yeah, and I, I try I try to tweet about it just to be transparent about my personal experience. It is very like ever present in my life. Like I have to schedule my life around um, you know, certain high symptom times of uh the month. And so I, I've had people actually reach out to me. I appreciate anyone who like doesn't stop following me when they're like, oh, she's not talking about Big Brother, like uh mental health. Like I think this stuff is really important. Yeah. And it took a long time for me to feel comfortable talking about what I personally struggle with. Um and I've had, you know, friends reach out to me being like, I didn't even know about this what this was until a couple years ago when I heard you start talking about it. And it led to me, you know, tracking my symptoms and realizing I have it as well. So um, I think even just reading about it, even if you don't have the money to donate, um, I you know th- you might end up helping someone in your life um, without even realizing it. So amazing! Thank you for allowing me to plug that here. It's really great that you guys are um, you know giving a moment to um, you know different organizations and charities We're, here. The pleasure was all ours, and the pleasure was all <laughs> ours to have you on. This was truly the opposite of a punishment costume, Jenny, to go on for two plus hours. <laughs> About basically not Big Brother 22, but some Big Brother-based shenanigans. You are always such a fantastic presence to have on. For people who want to check out other appearances you might be making on other podcasts or your general social media life, how do they get at that? I'm on social media at Jenny Autumn, um, and I I don't know if it has dropped yet, but I recorded the Love um, Island recap with the great Kristen McInnes and Brian Scally last night, so that should be dropping soon. That was a ton of Were fun. You, uh, who's your favorite right now? Oh, okay, it's tough. I I was a Johnny and Sally stan, so the Casa Amor has been a tough time for me personally. Yes, please keep me in your thoughts, um, but. Coming out of these last three episodes, um, I, I'm really just impressed with Caleb and I feel like Justine and Caleb are like definitely the strongest couple overall at this point. Um, those, those two couples are my, my strongest stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm hoping that they all make it out of this because I'm a romantic yeah. at heart. I love the drama. I love the messes and I want there to be enough of that happening, but I also want, some good feels, um, and and I am enjoying that show so much. It's been a really nice um, thing to be able to enjoy right. with the contra- contrast of um, 
you know, some of the heaviness of Big Brother. Um, so it was a real joy to be able to podcast with those two. I've been friends with them for so long and I don't think I, that was the first time I'd ever podcast with both oh, of them. Really? So that was like, it went long and I'm really sorry. Again, like this has been a long episode. So people, if you ever want to have a, a long podcast, I'm your girl. Yeah. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm excited to listen to it. I'm, I'm team Sally myself. Basically at this point, I'm like team like, anyone who's not boring and it's a little yes. limited especially with 10 new people coming in that's why mercedes gives me so much life but i'm excited to hear yeah. all your thoughts about casa more considering that that was sort of like i know they talked about it a bit on the wednesday podcast but this truly feels like we got to see the brunt of everything that's happening and i totally agree i think if you're looking for like if big brother hasn't really been scratching your edge of like what a stupid sloppy show that airs Sloppies. many many nights a week <laughs> Love Island is there. Totally. They got you covered. And it's so much better than last season. Yeah. So if you watched a little bit of last season like I did and wasn't like super um tied in, this this has been so much better. So so do check out Kirsten and um Scally's podcast. It's really great. It's been a ton of fun listening to them. Um and I was glad that they had me on last night. So it's been a fun weekend for me podcasting. Thank you guys so much for letting me do this. Um, yeah, like literally anytime we can talk about bidets, we can talk about punishment costumes, what you had for lunch. Like I'll talk to you two any Aww. day. I had a cheesesteak. You cheese did. Steak. I had a cheesesteak. Wanted- <laughs> All right, Liana, what do you have going on? Drag Race Canada is finally done. You're, you finally reached the end of the road. We survived. We survived all of the drag race. Um, although I will say Canada was probably my favorite season um, this year. So that was uh, just a blast. But we're done with that now. Um, I'm, you know, doing the morning updates uh, with Taryn on Saturdays. But uh, you know what? No no rest for the bidet fans because <laughs> that's... What, what are know, you dude. playing their wicked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't know. I thought you were going to Wicked. No, well, no, yeah, that's for the day fans. <laughs> Trying to make a terrible callback. It's fine, Ducky. Whatever, <laughs> Ducky, Ducky, man. I don't even know what that was going to mean, Jenny. But whatever. Uh, <laughs> the the mass singer is coming back. Look, if you like costumes, if you. <laughs> like the things we talked about today, the mass singer is the place for you because there are some very interesting i guess choices uh for we have broccoli we have mushroom we have popcorn uh, just to talk about the food we have just lips we've got the whatchamacallit the squiggly monster uh, the snow owls which are competing in two anyway whatever so Puya and i are going to do a preview podcast at some point to set up the season that will be coming uh into your earbuds soon and you can follow me on twitter at liana rhap you can follow me at a Mike Bloom type. You can check out the exit interview I did with Bailey. Very enlightening. She talked a bit about her experiences in the house, especially this past week. And it gave an always fun word association as well. So check that out. At, again, parade.com. And down the hatch, we are going to continue through what some consider the uh, the dirges of loss by finishing out season three, episode six. Might have something fun in store for season three, episode seven. We'll get into that in a little bit. But that's going to do it for the BNB. If you have ideas for games, if anything, this podcast shows how we are going off the beaten path and then some to talk about Big Brother adjacent <laughs> content. There is no excuse if you have a game popping up in your head to not write us. R-H-A-P-B-N-B at gmail.com. Next week, we are going to start the jury session with uh, a fantastic guest making his return to the BNB Peridium, prolific Big Brother and Survivor content creator on YouTube is going to be coming back to break down whatever week six 
is going to provide with this as Big Brother 22 moves into its second half. Thank you all so much for listening. Again, I know it was a long podcast. I know it wasn't exactly Big Brother 22-centric, but we had a good time, and I hope you all did as well. Special thanks to Scott St. Pierre for editing everything behind the scenes and one from America for his awesome theme song. We'll be back next week with Peridium to talk about week six of Big Brother 22. Until then, we'll check you out at your next day. Mike and Viana, yeah, they're playing some games. I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R-H-A-P-B-M-B. Mike and Viana, yeah, they're playing some games. I pray to your mama that they're not super lame. And if that all sounds cool, I can tell you the name. It's the R.